0: Then we'll bring this fool in. Good morning, sir, what's your name?
1: Me? Yeah, you, yes. Nathaniel Saxon, sir.
0: Your name's not Buttfucker 3000, you yo-ho. Logging into my court with that as
1: your screen name. What kind of idiot logs into court like that?
0: What's your name again? Nathaniel Saxton, sir, but I don't believe that I typed anything like that in. Well, that's
2: what it says.
0: Why? I
3: I apologize. That's just not Yeah, you should. I'll
0: put you in the waiting room. You can sit in limbo for a while and think about what you call yourself online.
4: Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast.
0: Good evening. Welcome to Stick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one your host, E. Simon.
2: Greetings, panty sniffers. I'm your overhost, Kate Rambo.
0: Kate Rambo, are you uh, excited to go out and get soused?
2: To get sourced, to get pissed. To yeah. Get pissed. Yeah, I am like I've, I've been in two minds about it, but last time when the lockdown kind of lessened over here, I didn't go out because I was still a bit like, oh, I don't want to catch the COVID. But now I just think, fuck it. I'm gonna go. Fuck it!
0: I wanna get pissed.
2: I really want to go to the cinema and sneak some whiskey into the cinema. That's what I want to do most of all.
0: Well, What's the deal here? So, so Boris is lifting the lockdown officially, right? Monday, May 17th.
2: Everything's back, baby.
0: So, restaurants you can eat inside. Bars you can yep. drink at the pub. You can drink at the bar.
2: Pubs that have previously been closed, you can, are now back open.
0: Okay, so even if it's not an out, if it doesn't have an outside outside area,
2: yeah, you can go in.
0: So I wonder if it's going to be like in the States. you have to tell me when you go to the pub. Because in the States, they're like, yeah, you can drink at the bar. But there's like these like plexiglass separators, like dividers that divide everybody's seats. It's fucking weird.
2: Yeah. Is I'm it going to be sh- like that? I'm not sure if it's going to be like that. But I'll soon find out and tell you all about it.
0: Now, I wonder what they do with movie theaters if they're going to like tape up a couple seats. So, like you can't sit at these seats.
2: I think it will be that way. I think social distancing is still going to be a thing. I think he said that. Yeah, like,
0: that's gonna be weird.
2: But no, I'm totally gonna get a monster. I'm going to the cinema, and I'm getting pissed.
0: But are you anxious to socialize again? Like, have you actually like? Because because England's a little bit different than uh, than the states. Like, people have still been having people over. Like, I went to my friend's house. He had, like a barbecue. Frank oh, yeah, Keely you... had like a little party. But in the UK though, I heard it's like if you have more than four people in your house, your neighbors turn you in. It's like the Stasi.
2: It is. It. The bubble thing, the bubble system, I still don't fully understand it. But I do know that as a single person, I can have like way more people in my bubble than if you're like a married couple. I don't fucking know.
0: But, but do you fear your neighbors turning you in?
2: Not like, my is neighbors. That a thing? I do have lots of sheep as neighbors. Um, so I'm not going to see them turning me in.
0: So I wonder though if um, a lot of British people are going to be all weirded out about going to someone's house now you're going inside someone's house now after covid i mean after being locked down like seriously locked down for what past six months five months
2: it's been going on since about september yeah because
0: i just know in la it's you know people are very anxious to go out everyone's ready you know last week i was talking about the hot back summer everybody especially you know everyone's (laughs) ready to get into it and now after you've been vaccinated people are like i don't give a shit fuck it but before it was weird because there are certain friends you'd have come over that were really concerned about like are you vaxxed? Uh, we should socially distance, we should wear masks inside. And I'm like, just don't come over then. I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah, there's definitely different levels of people who give a fuck about it and not over here. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, ah oh, do you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a gamble.
0: I think the British though, who are so like coquettish and so like and follow the rules <laughs> we do so closely. I think they're gonna be weird. I think they're gonna be weird about, you know, socializing after lockdown i think it's gonna be weird for you guys
2: we're definitely the most uptight in all of europe as well it's like we'll handshake before we hug that's what well,
0: we do i'm interested to see about that because this is why i think the brits are so uptight itv released a guide on the proper way to hug a person during a pandemic i thought you like i thought he was shitting you british british people need a guide <laughs> on how to hug people
2: the governor we love the rules governor's
0: It's the most british thing i've heard next to this tuna baked potato monstrosity you keep telling me to try <laughs> what the fuck that is Let's see, what do you call it a,
2: a tuna jacket potato a you're jacket gonna try potato I'm gonna tell with you exactly tuna. Yeah I'm
0: never gonna, gonna make one of those
2: You are you're gonna make it and we'll put it out on the patron
0: It's fucking disgusting Disgusting <laughs> <laughs> It's like no one puts tuna in a baked potato. It's lovely,
2: but what is disgusting is baked beans on a jacket potato. That is minging. With tuna? S- some people will mix it with tuna, but no, it's Fucking usually English. a traditional beans on potato is disgusting. There are people who do that, and I think you're very wrong.
0: So from May 17th, people in England will be able to give friends and family. A cautious cuddle.
2: A cautious cuddle. A
0: cautious cuddle.
2: Cautiously cuddling.
0: And to clarify for Kate and the other northern birds who listen to the show, that's a fully closed body hug, not a hug to the general region with your mouth, which is known <laughs> as a mouth hug. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Boris isn't saying that mouth hugs are, you know, you're good to go with the mouth hug yet. All right.
2: I think there would be less chance of catching the COVID through a mouth hug, though. Well, maybe. Yeah.
0: And I, I, I just wait for Boris to let you know when you can start giving mouth hugs.
2: I've never stopped giving <laughs> mouth hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Boris are no Boris.
0: The government has urged caution over hugging, reminding that some people are more vulnerable to severe illness from the coronavirus. And while vaccines reduce the risk, they don't eliminate it entirely. So they're saying be cautious with your cuddles. And people in England, they're going to be allowed to cuddle after uh, tomorrow, May 17th. But those in Northern Ireland and Scotland... We're going to have to wait a little bit longer. No hugging in Scotland.
2: Good. <laughs> they don't need to.
0: No hugging in Ireland either.
2: Yeah, we don't need any more Irish or Scottish people in this world.
0: Wait, are you saying, like, <laughs> by them not hugging, there'll be less of a chance for them to reproduce and bring more gingers into the world? Yes,
2: and the ginger race now. End the ginger race 2021.
0: <laughs> um, so hugs will will not be risk-free until uh, the uh, COVID's prevalence shrinks, says Professor Paul Hunter. He says, if you don't need to hug each other, then don't. Whereas uh, <laughs> Professor Noakes here, she warned that the risk comes not just with hugging, but with the setting. Okay. So it's a very brief hug. It's probably quite low risk, but it's the hug is a precursor to spending a whole afternoon in a small space with another p- person, and that is what uh, leads to um, you know, transmission yeah. of the disease. That's
2: what leads to mouth hugs.
0: It does, yep. So the, the, I guess the full-body hug will eventually lead to a mouth hug, which will both lead to the transmission of COVID. So they say to approach bear hugs with caution. <laughs> um, so those are one of the hugs that you should be cautious about. Um, but here are the, uh, the, the hugs you're allowed to do. Right. Hugs should be selective and short. Okay. So quick short. Um, Professor Hunter said if you do need to hug someone, try and keep your faces well away from each other so you're not breathing each other's air. Right. So I think it's like a hug, but your head has to be like really off to the side. This is
2: already how the British hug. We don't like <laughs> we don't like touchy feely. This is it's not been changing here. Is this
0: a cold, callous British hug?
2: Yeah, this is already how we hug each other.
0: Uh Professor Noakes reiterates that we know the virus is in people's breasts. So when you hug you're much closer <laughs> we said to somebody's breath. Then. But did I say breasts? I thought you said breasts. Yeah, no, I said people's breath. <laughs> Um And when you hug, you're much closer to somebody's breath. So it's just simple things like that. Just don't be face-to-face so you're not breathing each other's air as much, which is probably a good thing because I've seen a lot of English uh, teeth. I couldn't imagine the breath <laughs> is that great.
2: That's true. I agree.
0: Yeah. Um Professor Hunter suggests just using the hug classification for people who are uh, not in your bubble. Like, if you're in your bubble, you can you can hug people close, you know, face-to-face. Face. But for people outside of your bub- your bubble, a polite hug and a short back hug is okay.
2: We would never hug people outside. The entire point of your bubble is that's supposed to be your nearest and dearest. I'm not hugging people I kind of randomly know.
0: You don't do that when you just kind of, you're at a bar and you see someone like, Ah, oh, what's up? Like yeah, I'll maybe like, time? what's
2: up them? Or I'll just be like, hello, matey. But I'm never going to be like, come on, bring it in, brother. Never going to be see, like okay, that. Okay, you don't
0: see people that you haven't seen in a while, give them a hug.
2: Mm, very rarely. But I'm a cold and callous British person. Yeah. That's and we, a, I'd just rather shake definitely... their hand and say... How how's your finances?
0: If you ever come to California, you're gonna be like, whoa, because the California bros just love to hug.
2: Oh, they bring it on in, bro.
0: California, bring it in, bring it in here. <laughs> but they but they say best to avoid intimate hugs.
2: Oh, they're talking about mouth hugs.
0: Mouth hugs for sure,
2: bastards.
0: Uh, Professor Hunter suggests having a hugging list for those outside your bubble. And stick to the hugging list. So, oh right, you should be writing a, hu- a hugging list. And I was thinking about this. I bet you Kate's mouth hugging list divides the people who have to pay versus the ones who get them for free. It does. <laughs> is it? Is that you, is the that ones who have you to pay is a apart? lot
2: longer than the ones who get it for free? I'll just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two quid here, four quid for you, um, fifty
2: pence for you. <laughs>
0: a face covering should be a good idea. And uh, he advises that people should. Wear face coverings and hug outdoors when you can. Okay. So you're gonna have to like, you see somebody, you're gonna be like, hold on, second, let me put my face covering, and then give you a hug,
2: and then bring it on in, bro, outside. Bring
0: it on in. Um, question here: Are handshakes back?
2: I would no. I would assume that not if we're cautious cuddling.
0: Well, it's it's weird though with handshakes because like the other day I was with a friend of mine and uh, we ran into some other people that he knew. And uh, he was just like, oh, that's my friend Dave. And it's like, you know, it's instinctual to put your hand out. And they're just kind of looking at my hand as if like I was holding a turd in it or something. <laughs> they're just like, no. Knowing you, you probably were. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I just wanked and I forgot to like yeah. wipe it off. And I was just yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, COVID. And you just do like a little wave. Yeah,
2: the, the petite wave instead.
0: But what about the fist bump? Is a fist bump not cool?
2: See, I think would a fist bump not be better? Because a handshake is more like you're touching the innards of a hand where the germs might lie. But a fist bump, you know, it's quick and fast.
0: But well, they say hands are a potential germ hothouse.
2: Oh, God. Yeah.
0: You know, it's a, it's so a I can give house. a mouth
2: hug, but I can't give a hand hug.
0: Um, you probably can't give a hand hug. Damn it. Yeah, so. Um,
2: That's most of my clientele gone then. Thanks, British government. <laughs> well, no,
0: you probably could. I bet you can give a hand job, don't you think?
2: Well, if it's that's a what did it just say? It was a COVID hotspot.
0: Well, it's a germ hothouse, but I mean, aren't the genitals anyway? Very true. You
2: know? <laughs> it's like a,
0: it's a petri dish of bacteria down there. Um, but what scientists know about the virus is changing all the time, and they say airborne spread is more of a risk. So the professor here says touch transmission, such as shaking hands, is still thought to be a, a likely pathway, but it's been very difficult to prove. So the biggest risk is droplet spread.
2: Gross. <laughs>
0: Which happens during all of your mouth hugs, I'm sure. Lots of droplets. Tons. Um, the uh, the other professor here, Noakes, thinks handshakes, while it's probably not riskier than hugs, could be sidelined for a while because they simply aren't risk. You know, the, the small risk that there is involved, it's like, why do that? When they say that you get more out of giving a hug, like a hug is like, you know, more of an embrace, something that, that allows you to release oxytocin because you're like, you know, it's an affectionate thing to do, whereas a handshake is just yeah. kind of I don't know, a formality?
2: It is, yeah. It's very cold, British.
0: So they so you know, she says think about what the the trade off is between what you're gaining from the interaction versus the potential risk. So I think the reward you get from a hug is probably much higher than you get from a handshake.
2: Depends how good you are at giving handshakes.
0: Well that's what my question is, what about hand jobs? I'd argue that there's you know, those are more rewarding than handshakes and hugs combined.
2: But are you giving everyone you meet a hand? A handshake, D. It's everyone you meet getting a handshake of you.
0: I usually don't. I mean, I I, I just do the fist bump.
3: <laughs> <little> fist bump.
0: <laughs> I just do a little fisting. Um. So well, uh, some other areas in the UK, hugging Wales, said they lifted a string of COVID restrictions on uh, Monday, May third, the bank holiday, bank holiday Monday, um, which included reopening of gyms, community centers, and swimming pools. Um, and sheep farms.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> Good for the them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the nearly relaxed rules also meant two households can now form an exclusive bubble.
2: Nice. In and no one gave
0: a shit about the bubbles in the U.S. People I just think like, it's so it. ridiculous
2: calling them fucking bubbles. I've <laughs> never enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> bubble boy. Yes. Um, members of the bubble can meet indoors and have contact. Um, Hand jobs. Yeah, the Mouth Welsh hugs. government description for what many in Wales would be, would be allowed to do is now is called a CWTCH.
2: Is it a CVETCH? A CUTCH? Kv- Quatsch? It like it Z- it's not
0: even a word. There's no fucking vowels it in It is this. a word.
2: What are you talking about? It's the Welsh language. Beautiful.
0: CWTCH.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like it'll be like. Quatsch? K- I don't know if anybody can speak Welsh. Tell us how the fuck we do it.
0: Scotland, no hugging. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said, "There's no concrete date for those living in Scotland to be able to embrace again." So,
2: what about a little Glasgow kiss?
0: I don't know. You think? I wonder if a Glasgow kiss would also spread the COVID.
2: Oh, everything fucking spreads the COVID.
0: (laughs) And uh, Ireland, no hugs at all. Northern Ireland's keeping its arms by its side with current restrictions due to be reviewed on May thirteenth. Good. So. Um, well, May um, reviewed on May thirteenth with May twenty-four to allow the mixing of households and private dwellings, but no words on hugging. Like they haven't said anything about hugging yet. So while I do feel it's it's hilarious that the British feel that they need to make a guide (laughs) on (laughs) how to hug someone, very British,
2: we love our rules.
0: But it just shows how we've developed this weird social anxiety over the past year and a half during this pandemic. It's just it is weird. It's undeniable. It's weird socializing with people again. You know, in the States, you know, as I mentioned before, the people are vaccinated, just they don't really give a shit anymore. But we didn't really give that much of a shit before.
2: Yeah. Because,
0: you know, we're the U.S. Like, we do what we want. Um, but like uh, like in Texas, and you saw that in Florida. But now that, you know, more people are uh, vaccinated, and Biden, I think, was saying that we'll be close to 80% in July, people are just like, I don't give a shit. I'm over it. And I'm sure people in Britain are over it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just been the general vibes over here, too. People just want to go out again. It's all just like getting so fucking boring now, isn't it, Oscar?
0: Well, I think it's just, it's been a year and a half. So it's like, we got to move on. You know, and it's funny, too, because people will text me, like, no, he's vaccinated. She's vaccinated. So there's only one person that's not vaccinated. We'll put them in the, in the other room <laughs> yes,
3: you know? for their safety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but people are still freaked out about human contact. I, I mean, bet. even something as benign as like a, a hug or a handshake. So this brings me to the one-night stand dilemma. So if people, you know, the, think of all the singletons, all the people who have not had a partner during this entire pandemic. They kind of, in a sense, became involuntary born-again virgins.
2: They did, yeah. Celibate. Yeah,
0: a lot of them. I, I know a couple of my guy friends who have not had sex at all in a year and a half.
2: COVID celibacy.
0: Yeah, you know. Uh, forced COVID celibacy. So do you think having sex with a stranger or someone outside your bubble will be similar to like losing your virginity again?
2: Oh yeah, it'll be definitely, I think it'll be way more nerve wracking than just like hooking up on Tinder on a regular Saturday night.
0: Yeah, it's been a year and a half, so it's going to be awkward. So maybe people should contemplate hiring a vaccinated professional to help them lubricate those rusty pipes and clear out those vaginal cobwebs.
2: That sounds like a good plan. You know, I, I, don't think,
0: I don't think it's a bad idea.
2: No, I don't think. You're also giving business to somebody who's uh, had a hard time during the COVID.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. as long as they, they can prove that they're vaccinated, or you can go to an agency, or a madam. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, how do you hire a professional to make sure she's vaccinated? Well, if you reserve her through a madam. Like, I trust madams more than I trust pimps.
2: Oh, I totally do, because a madam understands the business. Usually, madams have been in the business.
0: Yeah, and I think they, you know, I think they're more uh, they, they they they're more concerned about the uh, the women that they work with, the caliber of women. It's quanti- it's quality over quantity.
2: Being a madam madams. is also one of my dream jobs.
0: So uh, this week here, uh, we're going to chat about two infamous Hollywood madams um, in this uh, intro segment here: Anne Forrester, known as the Black Widow, and the Queen of Vice, Brenda Allen. Um, Brenda Allen was not only a Hollywood madam for all the Jewish gangsters that ran Hollywood in like 1940s. Uh, she also single-handedly took down the corrupt uh, LAPD. These are bad bitches. These
2: are talking these about? are
0: bad bitches. And I love the pictures. Like, can, can we show me a picture of Brenda Allen? It's like badass. She's got like, I mean, she's perfect fashion sense.
2: Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about how you know, she looked later. On.
0: Sunglasses intimidating
2: she's fantastic yeah yeah
0: really cool so what what year uh was brenda allen active and Ann forrester
2: yeah we'll start with like we'll talk a little about anne forrester because you can't tell the story of brenda allen without talking about the black widow she's like hollywood's first black widow as well when I you say her. black
0: widow like black widow implies like she would murder her husband is that
2: yeah. yeah she's a black widow because of her little black book that she used to carry that had all all of like Hollywood's like greatest elites in there, like the city's business elites and the LAPD command staff, several political figures. And she used it to blackmail people. And she believed, and the Black Widow believed she was untouchable because of this little black book.
3: Wow.
0: So she was completely empowered by this. Just had dirt on everybody.
2: Yeah, she was great. It's like
0: Epstein's black book.
2: She started her, they they called white slave rings, that was their code word for prostitution back then. She It was around April 22nd and 1940. Her white slave ring span from El Centro, which is a town, a city to the east of San Diego, up to Seattle.
0: Wow, that's like the whole West Coast.
2: Yeah, she was untouchable. So a young woman on this date by the name of Maxine Rail, she called LAPD Sheriff Captain Walter Hunter to say that she and another woman were being held captive and they gave her an address where they could be found. Police raided the location and they arrested two men and one woman on suspicion of pandering, which was the polite term for prostitution prostitution. at the time. And they arrested 42-year-old Charles W. Monty Montgomery. He was the leader of the operation. 21-year-old Bristol Barnett, um, he was in charge of finding, wooing, and luring the young women, much like how the men in Manson's family were used. And then there was the madam, 33-year-old Ann Forst. She'd been born in Paris, Texas, but she'd moved to California. and She made a lucrative living in the 1940s by managing houses of prostitution.
0: So do you think, I know they say it's like a white slavering, but is it, did they not have like any prostitutes of color? Like, did they have like a, like oh, Hispanic yeah, was, prostitutes or there was African There was American Latins, ones?
2: but they were using. They obviously even back then they didn't give a shit unless you were white.
0: So do you think it's like we don't make as much money with the prostitutes of color?
2: N- they definitely did because when they testified in court, there was there was Latins and there was African Americans testifying against her.
0: Oh, okay, so they probably had it, but I bet you they made more money at the time so everyone was so racist probably yeah. with, uh, with white prostitutes.
2: But the Black Widow, she had, pro- she had coerced most of these girls into sex work by saying, you're gonna get high pay, you're gonna get a glamorous life and luxuries. And this is in the 1930s, so it's, after, it's during the Depression. But once they were inside the white room, the girls found that the opposite was true. They received little pay, no luxuries. And Anne, she felt protected by her little black book but she was horrible to all the girls working for her, and she had two hundred girls working for her. And oh. she would base she was protected as well because she had the protection from the then mayor of Los Angeles, um, Frank Shaw. Have you ever heard about Frank Shaw?
0: Was he in uh, LA Confidential? He is the in movie? LA Confidential. Yeah.
2: So he was elected in 1933 and he was taken out of office in 1938. He's considered to be the most corrupt mayor in all of Los Angeles history. He was known for like his kind of usual evil mayor stuff. So he was like mishandling money. He was offering protective favors for a fee and he turned a blind eye to rampant corruption. But his brother Joe, who was also the mayor's private secretary. He sold LAPD jobs out of the (laughs) city hall office. So the result being that the LAPD central vice squad was completely on the take and it was under the thumb of the mayor and his brother. And the mayor and his brother Joe, who owned the LAPD, they were very friendly with mob enforcers. So there was at this time, as well as the Jewish gangsters, there was John Rosselli, whom the FBI would later recruit to help assassinate Fidel Castro. And Jack Gragner, um, Dragner, who was a maid man and a bootlegger. They leger. were both
0: Italian, but then there's also like Bugsy Siegel, and Mick- Mickey Cohen, and, yeah,
2: and the classic guys.
0: Uh, so, like, Confidential*, which people who might not have seen it, it's this great film. Actually, it came out uh, 1997, I think. 97. Kevin Spacey's in it. Russell Crowe is when Russell Crowe oh, was like yeah. young and kind of cool. Um, who's the other guy? And also another Aussie.
2: Oh, the- another Aussie actor. Yeah. Not yeah. think right now, mate.
0: I forget. He was like he played the good comp.
2: Um, I really want to say Jeffrey Rush because I love him, but it's no, not Jeffrey Rush. I
0: can't think of his name right now. But it's a, it's, it's a great movie. But it, it kind of showed, it sort of highlights the corrupt police force, but also the corrupt just government. Guy Pierce, that's his name. Oh yeah, Guy Pierce. Um, but yeah, it's like it kind of highlights the corrupt, uh, you know, period of time that the LAPD is very corrupt, which spanned decades. I love I mean, this. Yeah, it's going all the way up of... to Rodney King though. Yeah, I mean that's that's why they developed this like uh, reputation for it. It's something like you know, the past two decades, mayors have just tried to like completely quash. It's like, no, no, we're we're upstanding cops. It's like yeah "Yeah, right. right."
2: Yeah. (laughs) So like I was saying to you earlier, Anne was really demanding. She was short tempered and she made enemies with the girls often and this would be what like caused her downfall. So she'd been arrested now. She's on trial. And there was a literal girl gang that would testify (laughs) against her. And they would give sordid details about their manic mistress. And like salacious gossip filled the courtroom daily.
0: Wait, were these the three canaries?
2: They Uh, were the three known ones. But up to, I think it was 25 witnesses just came and just like gave shit about Anne. But the three canaries were the three women that completely put her behind Bars.
0: They spilled their guts. They did. Yeah.
2: So, their main complaints were that they all talked about how they were forced to service several men in one day. They weren't allowed to rest. They never got days off. They weren't allowed to rest when they were sick. But their main grievance was that they only got half of their promised pay. You know,
0: several men in one day doesn't seem that much.
2: I think back then, though, it was. What, well, several's a
0: lot. like what? Three? Four?
2: Yeah. That's so a lot. Four mouth hugs?
0: How tough is this? I I mean, I don't know.
2: Is that what you'd like to do for a living? I'm
0: just saying, I work like 11-hour days sometimes.
2: True, but, you know, these are girls who have got it tough. And she was found guilty of pandering, and she was sentenced to 10 years in the State Institution for Women at Tayapache. So she left Los Angeles. She began serving her sentence in December of 1941. And when she finished her sentence, she slipped quietly into a less glamorous life, in Nevada, and she died in obscurity in 1998.
0: Yeah, that's kind of remarkable in a sense. Like, somebody who is that connected had that much dirt and all these, like, very powerful men.
2: Her black I'm surprised
0: book. she even managed to live through prison.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, madams, though, they definitely have a code of honor, like how they have codes of honor in the mob.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised the mob. Moms- could
2: have dobbed in anyone on the stand, and she didn't.
0: Yeah, I guess she didn't fold. And she, just she, didn't of, fold yeah, she, she didn't fold. She didn't say anything. She did anything. her time, so maybe they were just like, she's honorable.
2: So we were talking about the women, the girl gang that put Anne into jail. And one of these who testified against the Black Widow was a woman called Brenda Allen Burns, just later simply known as Brenda Allen. So unlike the other witnesses... Brenda was classy. She didn't speak ill of the madam. She stated that she was unable to resist the sweet talk of the glamour boy Bristol Barnett, and that's why she became a prostitute. She was not coerced into being a prostitute by the Black Widow. So...
0: Do you need so with these glamour boys? So glamour boys aren't exactly pimps; they're just like attractive men that go out and recruit prostitutes.
2: That's like what Bobby Bosa-Lay was in the Manson family. It's why its She's the only reason Manson that. had boys in the family it was so that they could go out and bring girls in.
0: So they're just charismatic dudes that can go out.
2: Yeah, and they would convince you to come and like do this and shag for money.
0: God, I would never get hired to do that. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> I just totally
0: <laughs> wouldn't. I think it's like you're frightening all the women away. Yeah. All right.
2: It'll be good here. You'll be there with your, your little bag, potty mouth, your little bag of diamonds. <laughs> you can have bags of diamonds too. So, all when she was on the stand talking about the Black Widow, um, she was straightforward. She was really well spoken. She didn't snitch on anyone or accuse anyone of any wrongdoing. Now the madam was in jail, and all these girls, these like up to what two hundred girls, they needed a new job. They needed a new madam. And so this is the scene set for Brenda to become the Hollywood Vice Queen.
0: That's a cool title, Hollywood Vice Queen. It's an
2: amazing title. I love it. So there was so much, like, at this time, loose money floating around the bookie joints, gambling parlors, and brothels. They peppered the city like all the palm trees do. And here to seize some of the action was the syndicate.
0: You know, there still are a lot of uh, illegal gambling operations all throughout um, Los Angeles. Yeah, a lot of women, I know... um, well, uh, my friend Ryan Keeley, she used to do this, but, but I had a couple other, uh, not girlfriends, but girls I hung out with, that uh, they would work at these after-hour spots, and their job was to serve drinks, to all these like rich and
2: just be pretty, dudes,
0: and and serve drinks and give like shoulder rubs to these guys playing like poker at like four thirty in the morning.
2: Sharon Stone's job on Casino.
0: Yeah, same kind of yeah. deal. Yeah, and then they would get tipped out. I mean, you'd make like seven hundred bucks.
2: So even back then, it wasn't unusual to see East Coast like hoods hanging out in these fancy clubs and having women like Ryan Keeley rub their shoulders. And Brenda was a natural dame at this. And her leadership taking over all these girls, it saw the operation quick- quickly grow to what was an 80 80- thousand dollar a day business. Now how much do you think eighty thousand is worth in today's money? God,
0: eighty K a day. In 1940s a day, Los 40s. Angeles.
2: I'm gonna butcher this. I'm always bad at reading out I would ones. say
0: like, I don't know, seven hundred thousand.
2: It's one million five hundred twenty six thousand and twenty two.
0: So like one point five million dollars a day.
2: She's making one point five million dollars a day.
0: That's crazy. So eighty K a day Is equivalent to $1.5 million a day here.
2: Yeah. That's
0: a lucrative business.
2: I mean, but out of that, she had to give (laughs) payoffs to the corrupt police and politicians on one side. So this is so she could stay safe.
0: Well, so they wouldn't bust
2: the operation. Exactly. And then she's also going to pay the mob. Now, the mob that she was controlled was um, Bugsy Siegel and Mickey Cohen. Bugsy was basically the man that built Las Vegas, and Mickey, whose nickname was the King of Los Angeles, he was a powerful self-made criminal, and he was involved in bookmaking and prostitution, and he had all politicians in his pocket. Mickey Cohen was so powerful.
0: What I loved about these two guys is they're Jewish gangsters. So I remember when I was young, I was just like, Jews can be badass, all right? Jews. Yeah. There are Jewish gangsters. Actually, in college, I wrote a whole like, it was a thesis, but like a term paper. That was all about the Jewish gangsters of the period. But I love Mickey Cohen because Mickey Cohen was a boxer, but he was a really shitty boxer. Yeah. So he started out as like a boxer in, uh, in New York. And just, yeah, I think it's like, I think he had eight wins and like 12 losses, four by knockout. Yeah. Shit. He, was, he wasn't a great <laughs> boxer, but he was a fearsome dude. And he like developed a reputation. Then he uh, he worked for Al Capone for a bit. And then uh, I think he got into like a run-in, and then he like moved out to Cleveland, and that's where he met Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky. I love Bugsy yeah. Siegel; and he's then, one of my favorites. Then they had to move out to uh, Los Angeles to work under Bugsy, and that's where he uh, helped them set up uh, the Flamingo Hotel in Vegas. But Bugsy was um was whacked.
2: He was yeah, in his whacked. girlfriend's house.
0: Yeah, in uh in uh, Beverly Hills.
2: Well, like, we should do a show on Bugsy. Or we could do a show on the Jewish, the Jewish gangsters. gangsters. I'd love to do that.
0: I have to find that term paper. Yeah, It'd be really good.
2: So, you know, Jonah her is the vice queen, Brenda, she was arrested about eighteen times, but she never spent a day in jail, and she would use that as like her boasting point. Often, one of the reasons, she, yeah, one of the reasons she never got arrested, like had to spend time in jail, was because of the mob connection. But the other is actually how she learned to skirt the law from the Black Widow trial. This shows you how keyed in Brenda was. So the law at the time was exceptionally clear on how it dealt with pandering. So the law read that procuring a female as an inmate for a house of prostitution... For a house of prostitution. So Brenda, in a turn of genius, she just didn't have a traditional house of prostitution. Like a bordello. She didn't have that. She operated everything through a phone service and meetings were arranged in a clandestine fashion, often in like kind of rundown boarding houses and hotels. And by 1948, she was taking out display ads in Hollywood trade papers for her escort service which by this time featured over 100 girls
0: so progressive She's
3: fucking forward wise, thinking man. this woman
0: forward yeah. thinking i think everybody else is just kind of used to the old school bordellos brothels where you come like you know like the old west style or how they have it in vegas But I always thought about that I was like you're kind of more or less a sitting duck there like where are you gonna go i mean you're you know you're
3: you know you're if, you, there.
0: if, they, if there's a raid or something you're trapped Whereas, like something like this, if I if I were to get a prostitute, hypothetically speaking, (laughs) um, I would much rather have like a phone service where it's like I'm going to arrange someone to come to my hotel room.
2: Yeah, I think it's cleaner.
0: Yeah, meet in the hotel room and then just like you know take care of business.
2: So Brenda also obviously had years of knowledge from being a. Streetwalker, and she had been a popular prostitute in the black widow's brothels so when she started setting up her pros- prostitution operation she concentrated this is another turn of genius i think it's kind of like heidi fleiss she's only catering to high class clientele and she screened all her customers carefully and she also learnt from her former madam's mistakes, so she paid her girls very, very well. They saw t- she saw to it that they received luxuries. None of the girls ever went without new silk stockings and the French perfume. And this is, the cool, this is what I love about Brenda. So we were talking before about how fucking cool she looked.
0: Yeah, her fashion sense is amazing. amazing. Yeah. So
2: she dressed and she looked the part for her high-class vice queen role. She was a teetotaler. She had a slight southern drawl. She was always well-dressed, always well-groomed. She never appeared in public without her dark sunglasses. And she had a fantastic set of perfectly manicured nails. And she also spread her... Southern hospitality, no matter where she went, and she was regarded in high esteem by her harem and her mob connections. They all loved her too. Brenda had a mind for business, she had a body made for sin. But soon trouble would be her only business.
0: Well see, I mean there you go. She's first of all, she's sober, so she's not gonna like make stupid mistakes, she's not gonna no. get sloppy. Uh she takes care of the women. So the women aren't going to turn on her because they're making more money and they're like, and they you loved know, her. And being, yeah, and they loved her. And then she she's also like you know on a good side with the mob and they, the and the police. It's like yeah, they she, said she that she was courteous
2: to the shopkeepers, to like the um, to lodge the mayor of Los Angeles. She would treat everyone the same, and she was just like a delight.
0: I like how she has a southern drawl because I my first impression was like. Thinking that she would have like one of those transatlantic accents.
2: Oh yeah, she totally you know. looks the side the type. She well, this looks is like the, that, yeah. yeah. So, Brenda, throughout this whole time, she's obviously not working. She's been having an affair with um cashew cock sergeant elmer V Jackson of the LAPD vice court Did You say
0: cashew cock. He
2: had a cashew cock.
0: What does that mean? Like a curved dick? Just a
2: tiny little cashew dick.
0: Did she describe his dick as having a No, I'm a describing it. I've <laughs>
2: seen this man. He totally has a cashew <laughs> cock. They started out having a purely business relationship. She had been paying him $50 a week, which is $500 in today's change, for each woman she employed, who would be safe from raids and other law officials sniffing the girls' panties. So when you think she had 100 girls working for it and she's paying $50 a week for each girl, that's how much money Brenda was like just rolling in
0: yeah i mean she was you know you know, uh taking care of all the uh the cops you know putting them all on the uh the pay the, the bill here so she was but she kind of has to do that because now, now she can like She's run safe. her business just as she wants and not have to worry about the cops interfering with her, shaking her down.
2: So Sergeant Elmer, he had so much power and sway at this point, and was so corrupted that gangster Mickey Cohen claimed that he was constantly being extorting money from the mob, and there was nothing they could do but hand it over. So that shows you the big balls of um, Elmer Jackson here. So he can go to Mickey Cohen and be like, "I want some of your money." So
0: he was shaking down the mob.
2: As well as being paid off by the by vice the queen.
0: Yeah. But
2: then they fell in love. Um, and this is how Brenda is going to meet her downfall. And it was a random occurrence that could have turned deadly. So on the evening of February 21st, 1947, Brenda and her lover, Elmer, they were sitting in Jackson's car in front of her apartment at Ninth and Fedora, which exists today. I looked it up. It's, it's like, yeah, it's not as glamorous as what it was in the 40s. Yeah, we're sure.
0: downtown though. Because that's the thing. Downtown used to flourish as, like, this really upscale, like, hip area where they had all the theaters and everything. And then it just went into ruin, like, in the, I think, probably 70s, maybe, 80s. Yeah. And then now it's kind of making a comeback, but it's still kind of a shithole. Like, Skid Row's down there.
2: Well, her apartment is still there. You could live there if you wanted. So she's gobbling on Elmer's cock as an ex-con with a Tommy gun by the name of Roy Pee Wee Lewis. He sticks his nuzzle in the open window of the car. But Elmer, who's quicker on the trigger, pulled out his pistol and he shoots the wannabe assassin dead whilst brenda is still tonsil deep on his cashew dick giving him a mouth hug
0: you gotta be date that's that is dangerous he's got his cock in her mouth while he's while he's shooting a gun
2: yeah that's why he's got a cashew dick he doesn't have to worry about it being bitten off so the hit had actually been put on brenda But the only liquid spilling from Brenda that night wasn't blood. (laughs) At the crime scene, um, there were non-corrupt cops there. They didn't buy the sergeant's story that Brenda was also in vice. And so wiretaps and surveillance were placed on um, the regal cocksucking Queen. And the papers and the people of the town, they were proclaiming Elmer a hero.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of weird. Like, So Elmer, it looked like almost the hit was on Elmer. That's what I was thinking at first.
2: No, it was Brenda. But it sounds like
0: the original target was Brenda. So then Elmer saved the day. Why is she getting heat?
2: Because she's a woman. We'll get into that. So in a house that they commonly used for tricks that, that the police had wiretapped, they raided. And they confiscated a box of index cards on which there were the names, addresses, phone numbers, and notes notes regarding what um, the clientele liked and this was over 250 entertainment industry figures politicians and gangsters
0: wow like the sexual predilections of all their clients i think
2: mean, that's pretty, i would love to know what this some of those like cards her, said
0: this is like her rolodex
2: completely oh, i
0: wish someone would have published that
2: there is like one of p- famous picture that they published in the paper of a cop looking through it and i tried to zoom <laughs> in where <laughs> you couldn't see anything So this raid, this set off the series of events that ultimately led to the resignation and subsequent perjury indictment of LAPD Chief Chief Clements Horrell in 1939. Brenda was arrested now and she was charged with pandering. And on the morning of May 5th, 1948, dozens of powerful movie stars, moguls, and other movers and shakers, they will have all done spit takes with their coffee because they would have opened the Los Angeles Times and they saw this headline. Names found in rice, vice raids set Hollywood agog.
0: Well, it's kind of the same thing that's happening with Epstein. And uh, what's her name? The uh, His madam?
2: Oh, yeah. Ghislaine.
0: Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now you get all these celebrities, Bill Gates, and all these people being like, oh, what the fuck?
2: So the cops tried hard to make a case for pandering against Brenda. But like I said earlier, she was a fucking cool cat. People liked her. Nobody wanted to snitch on her. And in the end, not a single girl from the Vice Queen's harem turned state's evidence against her.
0: It's quite a contrast to uh, the Black Widow.
2: Totally. Because
0: everybody was r- willing to, uh, you know, to snitch fold on her and on snitch bitch. on her and immediately. You know, immediately because, you know, without even a f- with forethought about it, because she just sucked and screwed everyone over. So, I mean, this just kind of shows how powerful she is.
2: So the police had no option. And also the police were so fucking corrupt then. So they set up up a stinging operation and it ended with Brenda hiring an undercover policewoman to come and work for as a call girl for her. And that was kind of what sealed her fate, although was that actually true? So also on May the 5th, gangster Mickey Cohen, he was appearing in court, something he was very used to. And he casually mentioned that he possessed tape recordings of television, of television, telephone phone conversations between the Vice Queen and Sergeant Jackson. They had been recorded from inside the vice squad room. And so that suggested that the corruption ran just deep. Because everyone knew about it.
0: Okay, so I can understand why, you know, they put an undercover cop in the operation to rat her out. So they say. Mickey Cohen is becoming a rat. He must have been busted, and uh, he must have been busted, and they're, you know, Oh, he's casually
2: mentioning it, though. He's not saying, like, oh, this is a thing. He's like, well, I know. I've heard these conversations from inside squad rooms.
0: But why is he snitching?
2: He's not snitching. He's just kind of using it as a, I know.
0: It sounds like he's in court. To let everyone know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's in court. So I'm wondering if he's using it as some kind of leverage to like lessen his uh, charges.
2: So, But because of this, Mickey Cohen, and because of uh, Brenda Allen, before the summer was over, police chief uh, Clements Brooke Horrell, who had been chief since 1941, he had to resign under threat of a grand jury investigation for perjury on his part related to the Brenda Allen um, scandal. So at her trial she testified about the payoffs she had made police for protection. She testified about her saucy affair with Sergeant Jackson and how a Hollywood Vice Squad sergeant, Charles Stoker, was aware of this corruption within the unit.
0: Wow, everybody must have been shitting their pants.
2: Well, she was, you know, ever the businesswoman. She actually had not she had all the paperwork to back up these claims. <laughs> and again, she was so well-liked that Eve, she was actually loved by Sarve- Sergeant Jackson. Um, he didn't speak out against her, and he didn't offer incriminating evidence against her. And he actually ended up staying on the LEPD, And he worked famous cases such as the glamour girl Slayer Harvey Galatman. And he retired on his full LAPD, uh, LAPD pension in the
0: 60s. That's incredible. This guy managed to survive this scandal? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would think like you were involved with like i don't know probably the most famous madam of hollywood at the, the hollywood time Vice queen. yeah the hollywood vice queen you're obviously involved tangentially with a mob and yet he managed to stay survive alive all of this
2: yeah and you stay alive yeah, I and mean, stay
0: alive and actually salvage his career it's amazing
2: so um stoker charles stoker who was a rank and file straight talking on a street Street cop, he's kind of like Serpico. Uh, he was a man who was known at the time as a square apple, which is LAPD, 1940 speak, for a man who could not be bought. He was kicked off the force for a trumped-up burglary charge some years later. It's still not known if he did or did not take money from the Vice Queen, but I am betting that he did.
0: So I'm wondering if Charles Stoker is who uh, Guy Pierce's character is based off of. I
2: think that, yes.
0: In LA Confidential, yeah. yeah.
2: So... Among the people accused of criminal acts in the Brenda Allen case, only one person was convicted and sent to jail. Among the five top LAPD officials, Brenda's 250 clients and Brenda herself. Can you guess who it was who took the fall?
0: I bet you it was Brenda. She's an honorable woman.
2: She was. And, yeah. like, it's easier to take the, it's, you know, it's always the bird that they send to jail to become the jailbird. She was sentenced to only one year in prison, though, with five years probation. That's really not
0: that bad. But, I mean, in the end, like, she didn't... Other than pandering, I mean, what else did they have on her?
2: Exactly. Because, you know, I was telling you that they sent that, um, the policewoman. Actually, Brenda, she served out her term in Lincoln Heights Jail, which was where Al Capone once was. So she was in company that she'd recognized. The policewoman who they had used to entrap Brenda... She recanted her testimony, admitting that she had lied under oath, and she appeared in court again with an appeal to have her sentence reduced, and on September the 2nd, she was released from jail, where she had been described as a model prisoner. (laughs) 51, she was back in jail, just briefly, to finish off an eight-month sentence, and then she was a free woman once more.
0: That's not too bad.
2: Not bad. I wonder if she
0: uh, managed to save a lot of the money that she was making.
2: I don't think she did. Because I mean, it's all corrupt, dirty money. That's all it would have all been tied up.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it was just taken somehow from her. I, d- I doubt. Oh, well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she had like a you know a, a box, a savings box at like a bank or something.
2: Let's hope. So in 1950, William H. Parker he was appointed police chief, and the slow, painstaking job of ridding the city of gangsters and corrupt bureaucrats began he was known as LA los angeles greatest but most controversial ch- police chief and he had the lapd headquarters named after him by the late 1960s criminal activity and political corruption in la it was kind of under control mickey cohen was sentenced to alcatraz in 1962 yeah. for income tax evasion so i'll tell you what became of the vice queen
0: yeah i would like to know where she ended up
2: Following all the uproar and the publicity of the trial, Brenda, who was, you know, a reserve person, she wanted nothing more than to just disappear. She took on nothing but a low profile after her release from jail. She ended up marrying a Navy pilot turned crop d- duster named Robert H. Cash in 1960, but they got divorced in not- Los Angeles courts in 1961 because he had found out that she was once the queen bee of prostitutes, and not the respectable woman who was running a beauty store in, Long, I- in um, Long Island, like she had told him. The divorce was very public, and then she dropped out of sight for a second time. Brenda Allen, she died in obscurity, place and year unknown, and now she's remembered in James Elroy novels and made-for-TV movies like LA Confidential. The Hollywood Vice Queen. She literally brought LAPD to its knees in more ways than one. She fucking rocks.
0: Now you know, she, Yeah, no, an, an incredible figure and a remarkable story. I'm wondering if they, they should have had her in uh, in LA Confidential.
2: She Isn't... is. She's in the James Elroy book. she's in in lots of james elroy books actually she's in about five different ones her story is mentioned it's one of james elroy's favorites if anybody like wants to ever know about like this period of history just pick up a james elroy book you'll (laughs) learn all about it
0: you'll hear a lot about james elroy this week on uh, overkill where kate kind of goes into the murder of his mother yeah and and you know and uh, some stories about james elroy himself um yeah uh, very flowery language used by that guy on a regular basis. If you listen to Sick <laughs> and hold Wrong, back.
2: you're going to like James <laughs> Elroy. He doesn't.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. It's, a, it's an incredible story. And I got to say, like, you know, with the uh, the, the, people becoming vaccinated, um, you know, bars reopening, people haven't gotten laid in over a year and a half, <laughs> they could use the services of a professional madam like Brenda Allen. You I know? want to
2: grow up and be Brenda Allen. No, I
0: think I, uh, I, I think Brenda Allen. If prostitutes had a Brenda Allen rather than a pimp, I think there'd be uh, that the profession probably be more uh, valid today. Yeah, you I know? agree with that. Well, I think it'd be taken more seriously. I think it's like it'd be a, a profession that women could actually consider going into, and uh, making a living off, and not being you know not fearing for their lives.
2: Yeah, the Hollywood Vice Queen.
0: Hollywood Vice Queen. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um. Yeah, did uh, Elroy ever write a book about her? Or is she just Elroy. a character in his books?
2: She's just a character in his books. Elroy kind of like skews the truth in his books. There's never been a book written about her. Or oh, maybe I could change that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think you should. Uh, people's episode 791 here of uh, Stick and Wrong. We've got some news stories coming up next. we got some phone calls a little later in the show. I've uh, got some good phone calls this week. Nice. We did. My yeah. favorite part. A famous person calls in. Oh,
2: my word. A
0: historical figure.
2: Is it James Elroy? For me. I
0: wish. (laughs) Uh, But first, uh, here's a word about our Patreon page.
5: Hail all, you heathens. This is a Swede proclaiming that Odin wants your offerings. Subscribe to the second round patron and expect Freya to flower you with success. All the sick nourishments through the extra contents that these Saxons will provide you. It is time to make your blood and give some love back to the show you already enjoy. So subscribe to their Patreon at patreon.com slash round
0: So the first story we have here has to do with a woman who is accused of lacing her ex-boyfriend's oatmeal with fentanyl before strangling him with his favorite tie.
2: Who has a favorite tie? And
0: I was thinking, I was thinking about that. I don't have a favorite tie. But then again, all my ties are black. So,
2: So yeah, it's hard to choose.
0: Yeah. It's choose, like, is this yeah. black
2: one my favorite or the silver black one?
0: Do you prefer uh, neckties or bow ties on your clients?
2: Or a cravat. <laughs> Cravats, darling.
0: You prefer cravats? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not so many guys wear cravats these days.
2: No, only wankers. It's only wankers (laughs) who wear bow ties, too.
0: I like bolo ties.
2: Oh, bolo ties is fine. They're cool. Chicks can wear them, too.
0: should make a sick and wrong bolo tie. I would wear that. Like with the Groucho Skull?
2: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: So an Indiana woman here has been accused of lacing her ex-boyfriend's oatmeal with fentanyl. And then strangling him to death was his fa- with his favorite tie amid a heated custody battle for the couple's young daughter. Always happens that way. Get a divorce, you got kids. Kids just complicate everything. They do. You know, you can't cut the kid in half. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> what I what I've never understood about that maybe it's because I've never had a child. I'd just be like, yeah, take her. <laughs> I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah, I don't get where the, like, the animosity comes from. Yeah, but I suppose if you're. Obviously, the courts favor the females fucking always. But you could be a better parent than the female. There's fentanyl involved here that she's managed to get hold of.
0: Maybe. I I don't mind being a Disneyland dad. Show up every, like, once a month being like, ah, we're going to Disneyland. Get the fuck out of my
2: car. Yeah, this is your new (laughs) stepmom. Respect her. (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted step parents. and I I wanted my parents to divorce and have step parents that I could, like, play off against each other never happened for me. But I wanted that.
0: Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, my parents never got divorced. Uh, Heidi Marie Littlefield. There's a lot of names in this story. It's going to be tough to keep them straight, but I'll help you out. Heidi Marie Littlefield, 41 years old, is facing charges of murder and two counts of conspiracy to commit murder in the death of 46-year-old Frances Kelly, who is her ex-boyfriend and baby daddy.
2: Okay. Heidi so and Francis. we got
0: Heidi and Francis. You know, do you know any men named Francis?
2: I do know some men named Francis, actually. I had a good friend of mine in high
0: school named Fran.
2: Um, I don't know any Heidis. Never met a Heidi. Heidi I don't Heidi, think I've ever Heidi, met Heidi, a Heidi, Heidi, Heidi either.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, Littlefield, Heidi here, is accused of conspiring with her adult daughter, Logan Runyon, oh. 22, and her daughter's boyfriend, Robert James Walker, 29, to carry out the plot that killed Kelly. So, Heidi would have been 19 years old when she had uh, Logan, her daughter. Right. Which is a bit older than the average age of most mothers in Indiana.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also, it's not inbred as well.
0: No, I don't think there's inbreeding here. Um, But yeah, except that name, Logan. I always thought that's like, isn't that Wolverine's name?
2: That's a very 80s thing, isn't it? Where you would name the girl's a boy name and the boy's a, a girl's name. Very 80s.
0: Well, Runyon, the daughter here, has been charged with murder and one count of conspiracy, conspiracy to commit murder, while her uh, boyfriend, Walker, is uh, facing two counts of conspiracy to commit murder. So here's how it all went down. Kelly's Bonnie. Kelly's the, uh, the baby daddy. He was discovered on the couch in his Carmel home after police were asked to do a welfare check. Apparently, another former girlfriend of Kelly had reached out to authorities after he failed to pick up their nine-year-old daughter for his birthday. So I don't understand. How many kids does this genetic reject have? Have you ever noticed that? Like people with below average IQ are the most fertile?
2: Oh, yeah, and they shag and they don't, um, they don't have the good sense to go and get an abortion. That's yeah. why they're below IQ because like, it's easy to go get abortion. It's not hard.
0: Well, in Indiana, they're trying to outlaw abortion. so
2: It's obviously hard <laughs> to get an abortion. I take that back.
0: <laughs> We'd rather have people killing each other for the custody of their retarded kids. Um, but that's the way it works, I guess. And just to have an abortion.
2: Just have an abortion, yeah. you know, in and out, literally, with the dead fetus. That's <laughs> all it takes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you have experience there.
2: I have many, many experiences. <laughs>
0: <laughs> an autopsy would later determine that the 46-year-old died of asphyxia due to manual strangulation and neck compression.
2: It's hard to strangle someone, you know. This woman's got some strength in her.
0: Well. She not only strangled him, she also, he also suffered blunt force trauma to the head oh. and it had injuries to his hands, elbows, and knees. And a toxicology report found high levels of fentanyl in the system. Right. So at the time of his death here, Kelly and Littlefield, so um, the, 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 the parents of the, uh, the poor two-year-old daughter here, uh, had been in a heated custody battle over uh, her welfare. I'm yeah. I'm amazed that it would have been this heated. Although I guess that's it, a tough thing for uh, you know a judge to have to decide like God, which loser should I give you to?
2: Yeah. Like who's gonna
0: who's gonna cause you less trauma later in life? The
2: orphanages, the orphans, sending yeah, the orphanages. I, that's I mean, at, at that point,
0: I would have been like, I think adoption might be better
2: than you two. Um,
0: so uh, Walker here, the boyfriend, um, the daughter's boyfriend, told police that Runyon and Littlefield had told him that they had spiked Kelly's oatmeal with fentanyl while they were at his home on January 14th. So the boyfriend, Runyon, the daughter's boyfriend, Walker, just totally spilled the beans. Do you think He's it was a just, snitch.
2: Do you think it was just plain oatmeal? Just like plain porridge?
0: That's a good question. I'm not sure.
2: We call it porridge here. Oatmeal is porridge.
0: I think it's just Quaker Oats.
2: Yeah, plain. Yeah, I was like, you can't eat a bowl of porridge just plain.
0: Well, what's weird about this, and I kind of agree with uh, Heidi here. So the next day, Kelly sent Heidi a text message saying, Did you do something to the oatmeal that was in my fridge? You were in my fridge last night, and it tasted funny after a couple of bites, and now I'm lightheaded.
2: He made overnight oats. It definitely would have had flavors in. He would have put something in that. You can get so creative with overnight overnight oats. What
0: are overnight oats?
2: That's when you make it up the night before, and you put it in your fridge, and it all puffs up, and it kind of goes to like a weird texture. You're
0: mental. You don't do that. Yes,
2: you do. Oh, my God. Overnight oats is like a TikTok thing.
0: Do you put tuna on it, too?
2: <laughs> I'm Britain, right? No, you
0: don't. You fucking make boil some water. You put it, you put, open you, a little you package, have you porridge,
2: put your you have porridge water. D- what did the rabbi do to you? You have to have porridge and milk, some form uh, of milk. You put some
0: water, you put some milk.
2: What sad life you lead in those I bachelor usually apartments. I don't eat this
0: stuff. I'm not a peasant.
2: I like porridge on a cold winter's day. A nice bowl of porridge keeps you going. It's good for you.
0: Well, what's weird about this is this guy like, you know, had some oatmeal and put it in his fridge. I think that's weird. I don't. He's think making
2: overnight oats. It's not there's weird. There's no it's a such fucking thing. thing. We are we are talking about this after the show.
0: <laughs> Maybe in limey land, that's a normal thing to do. Make your oats overnight.
2: I've but made in overnight the US, oats.
0: You don't do that.
2: I have a good recipe for overnight oats. I'll send it's you it. It's called
0: instant oats, and you do it in like two seconds. You put it in the microwave. Done. It's a different texture.
2: It it's for your morning, so you don't have to be fucking around cooking anything. This guy's a healthy man. He wants overnight oats. Wow.
0: Well, Littlefield denied doing anything sinister to the oatmeal in response. She said, who the fuck puts oatmeal in a fridge? Oh, it's you! (laughs) I don't know anything you do or want to. Your life and the stuff you do is beyond me. I agree with Heidi here.
2: And I bet he responded back going, Google overnight oats bitch
0: what it's gonna congeal into this like weird mass of oatmeal like a gelatinous into, mass of oatmeal yeah
2: it goes into a weird texture but it's quite nice but
0: do you eat it on a like on a fucking cracker or you something know, you just
2: eat it like you would eat oats cold but it's
0: congealed and it's cold
2: it's like a weird kind of yeah it's an all right texture depends you can fuck with it and make it different textures
0: what you do with your life and stuff in Land is beyond me kate
2: well, I'm making overnight
0: <laughs> oats after this. I, you know, if I was a judge at this point, I'd be like, yeah, you get custody because you put fucking oatmeal in your refrigerator. It's common. <laughs> <laughs> um, she replied back several times, but her final two messages were never opened. Um, so Littlefield apparently told uh, told her ex that uh, she and Runyon had gone to Kelly's home the next day and crawled through a window when he didn't answer the, the door. So this, so it's, there's a lot of ex exes involved in this story. There is. Yeah, so uh, you know the uh, the victim here, he had an ex that called the police and did the welfare check. Heidi, the mother, the murderess, she had an ex who, and she had told this ex. That she put fentanyl in Fran's oatmeal on January 14th. So they've like confessed already over text messages.
2: Yeah, this is. And
0: implicated themselves. Too many
2: people going on. These people aren't the biggest of brains. But also, right, when you keep saying runyons, it's just making me think of onion rings. <laughs> it's like a brand of onion ring, isn't it? Runyons, onion rings. Funyons. Funyons, yeah, yeah, that's what that's it sounds like.
0: Problem. Um. Yeah, no, this is a typical crime in Indiana. This is like so well thought out, well executed. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also told her ex that, yeah, they had went through the home and they crawled through his window. Heidi advised the ex-boyfriend that she and Logan found Fran, the victim, aspirating on the kitchen floor. Um, he also said that Heidi mentioned that there was a lanyard around Fran's neck, and that was involved in the incident. I think he meant the, the necktie. Um, he probably had oatmeal in his lungs. That's what he was aspirating on.
2: Death by oatmeal.
0: Death by oatmeal. According to the account, the daughter's ex-boyfriend, Walker, who is also charged with conspiracy to commit murder. That's what I'm telling you, the names in the story. you got to keep it all straight. It's like a whole list. There's a whole cast in here, cast of imbeciles. Um, So Walker uh, gave this account here to to, to authorities. So Runyon, that was his ex-girlfriend, the daughter of Heidi Littlefield, said that Littlefield Littlefield said, go grab Fran's favorite tie specifically said favorite tie but
2: they all knew it was his favorite tie though so she could go upstairs and be like I know what his favorite tie is
0: well my theory is that this guy had like one tie
2: and it was his favorite tie yeah
0: because I doubt he wore a tie to work at AutoZone It's probably his funeral tie
2: I hope it was like one of those like novelty ties that was either like a piano keyboard or it had like a naked chick airbrushed on it that would be cool that would be cool or like a leopard print tie
0: I think it's more like a confederate flag tie (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she said, go get your go get his favorite tie. And then they she tried to strangle him and smash his head into the pavement. Um, Walker stated that Heidi bludgeoned his head against the floor repeatedly. So I think they were trying to strangle him, but it wasn't doing the job. because I think it's tough to strangle somebody. It
2: is very hard to strangle know? someone. It takes a long time.
0: I wonder if she had like the, just pulling on the tie with her foot on his neck.
2: You need to do the John Wayne Gacy thing of where you, like, use a handle and you kind of garrot them. That makes it way easier.
0: I would probably try to hang him. Hang him with the tie? Weight. No, I'd probably get a rope and just rope. hang him.
2: Yeah, that's like there's too much going on there. I would just smash his face into the well, ground.
0: I would stage it like a suicide.
2: You could do that.
0: I would not. Um, so, uh, Walker, the daughter's ex-boyfriend, told police that Littlefield had originally tried to enlist his help with the murder plot several months earlier, asked him to help find someone to take care of her, quote, problem. She reportedly paid him $2,500 last October to hire someone to carry out the hit.
2: These people who always do these fucking murders are always like, $2,500, yeah, that'll do me. It's like, no, if I'm going to go and kill someone, I want, like, triple figures.
0: (laughs) You think these people have access to triple figures? But why would
2: you ever be like, "Oh yeah, twenty five hundred for murder"? That's that's good enough for me. It's like twenty five fucking hundred is no money.
0: Well, it was twenty five hundred dollars for him to hire someone to carry out the hit, and then twenty five hundred dollars after he was killed. So it was five grand.
2: Five grand. That is nothing.
0: Eh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's pretty much what uh, human life costs in Indiana.
2: It's <laughs> you have ragged <laughs> on Indiana so much.
0: I have driven through that state, and I was happy just to get out of that state.
2: They eat overnight oats there, so they're not, they're I not wouldn't too be surprised. far behind the times. You've not even heard of overnight oats in Los Angeles, but Indiana, they're at the head of it.
0: You know what the one thing most people re- remember about Indiana? Like, when you ask them, like, what's the, what's the thing that stands out in your mind in Indiana? They're like, oh, the smell of Gary, Indiana.
2: Oh, I've heard about that. They
0: have a city called Gary, but first Gary. of all. Second of all, that smell is just like, I don't even know. It's like sewage, pollution.
2: It's probably like how Hull stinks Feces. Here. Hull smells here.
0: Yeah, it's probably the same kind of deal. So she uh, paid the paid Walker $2,500 to go find someone to go carry out the hit. But Walker spent it all on drugs and nice. had no intention Good. of doing what she asked. That's him. what he told authorities. He's I like, like ah, I went out and blew it on drugs. It's like, if you think about it, just don't, don't hire Jizzy Jake <laughs> to go find your hitman. <laughs> <laughs> um, he went on to say that Heidi Littlefield had claimed that Kelly was abusive to her and, that her and her baby, and that she'd be failing her daughter if the dude didn't end up dead. Wow. Yeah, so the former couple had uh, been slated to appear in court uh, for a hearing on January 27th to discuss uh, Kelly's allegation that uh, Littlefield had been violating the uh, parenting time order. So apparently they had a, uh, a deal set up where she got him half the week, he got her the other half. Uh, the main concern was Heidi was just not allowing Fran to pick up his child and that she would stay in his house during parenting time. But I guess that wasn't happening.
2: Right, I you see. Know?
0: Although it's weird, though. I imagine this guy who's got, like, I don't know, six babies. <laughs> He's like a baby daddy. He's got, like, six babies. How do you break up your week? Oh, and you'd have you
2: one every night, wouldn't you?
0: And you just drop it off. It sounds so After complicated. After you finish work
2: at AutoZone, you just <laughs> drive around and pick up one. And the next day, pick up another one.
0: They do make divorce just complicated. Because now you got to have a custody battle. Probably have to pay way more for well, a lawyer.
2: let's put this bluntly. The children, the reason you had kids, is probably why you're getting divorced.
0: Well, I, I bet you. Or it's a last-ditch effort just to... to to yeah. Save a failing marriage.
2: Yeah, your marriage would have failed anyways, regardless of having a children. The people who have kids most often will divorce because of the kids. They say it isn't, but we all know why. Your kid's an asshole.
0: I have a friend who um it's gonna remain nameless. We'll call him Sean. Um Sean didn't want to get a divorce, but his wife did want to get a divorce. And uh they had like their kids probably like maybe five, something like that. Right. And so they got into, like, this pretty major custody thing. But he was cool about it. He was like, all right, we'll just do, like, on and off, on and off. And so within, like, a few months after she had, like, they'd broken up and she moved into a new place, she started dating this, like, tough guy actor. He's, like, a B B B-list actor. This
2: is, like, the millhouse. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, totally. Yeah. He looks a lot like Liev Schreiber. He's, like, a <laughs> yeah. big guy. And he kind of – I don't know if he's Jewish or not. You know Liev Schreiber, Ray Donovan?
2: Um. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So he looks a lot like that guy. And so every time – my buddy, Sean, goes over to pick the daughter. She's always, like, sitting there holding his hand in front. And, like, and the, the guy's, like, fucking, I don't know. He's got, like, not an Aston Martin, but a nice car, like, parked in the driveway. And my buddy pulls up in his shitty fucking Toyota. And he's just like, all right, hey. It is IROC C-28. <laughs> <laughs> And and she's just like, she's all like touchy-feely with a new Leif Schreiber.
2: He's like, I sleep in a racing car bed.
0: And he even asked her, he's like, does he have to be there every time I'm picking up the kid? And she's like, yes.
2: He does. He sleeps with me now. (laughs) What a dick.
0: Yeah, Yeah, He loves it. Uh, In the days following uh, Kelly's death, police said Heidi Littlefield made a series of disturbing statements to a relative. Once again, this fucking idiot just what keeps texting everybody. Like? Yeah. Well, she's like texting everybody, like, "Hey, I put uh, fentanyl in this oatmeal, and hey, this dude deserves to be dead." Uh, she told the uh, the relative that he's better off dead, and I might as well say I did it and just say I'm crazy and pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that, does that work? Does that hold up in court? I'm
2: crazy and pregnant. I'm crazy and breggers. I think it probably would work in a cart of men because men don't understand hormones. Like when women say I have PMT, men are like, oh, that's why you're moody. It's like, no, it's a different thing. Fuck you. But I'm sure (laughs) if um, a woman was like, oh, you know, I was pregnant. I was a bit crazy. Men would fear that. The men's fear that.
0: I fear them all.
2: Pregnant you know, people are weird.
0: Pregnant preggers. Yeah, they, when they they're near freak you, me out. They
2: freak me out. It's like yeah. looking at a pregnant cow. It's
0: and they are kind of crazy hormonal. My sister was saying, she was like, it just, it, it just like, she goes, irrational thoughts just like overtake your consciousness. It it's does. like you start crying for no reason, you get really angry for no reason. So I wonder if like th- there could be a crazy and pregnant defense that her lawyer is going to take.
2: Well, that's what she was aiming for. Yeah.
0: Anyway, at least she doesn't put oatmeal in the refrigerator. What do you it's have here thing. for the second story?
2: <laughs> the second story was spent, sent in by Swedish Dan, which I think is funny because I went to uni with a guy called Swedish Dan, but I don't think this is the same Swedish Dan. I'm pretty sure there's more than one Daniel in all of Sweden. The,
0: this guy—I don't want to say his last name—but this guy's been a long time listener. Yeah. yeah, he's he's listened for a long time. But he didn't. He didn't. We haven't had a good Swedish story until this one came along. And the best part about it. Dan included pictures.
2: He did, he and he translated pictures. it, so thank you, Dan. And also, um, thanks to all the Swedish listeners, all the Scando listeners. You guys rock, and I love you all. Um, so, the title of this sordid story is A woman was nearly killed in the laundry room by a panty thief. D, it's a panty thief story. I used to play the Ooh. game Bully, and one of my favorite things to do on Bully was to go and do panty raids at the girl's, um, the girls' school, the girls' dorm. You could sneak in and panty raid.
0: But you would steal other girls' panties?
2: In a game, not in real life.
0: What kind of game is this? What do you do with the It was the Bully. It was
2: a Rockstar game. What would you do with the panties? You just sniff them. What but do, you, what do you do with panties? Star. Oh, you're
0: saying it's in Rockstar. It's, it's in a, a bro- Rockstar oh, game. Oh, it's a game called, called, bully. called bully. I don't yeah. think i played this game. All right,
2: I loved Bully. Bully is easily in my top five all-time favorite games. I've still got it.
0: Oh, did you sodomize kids with pool cues?
2: You were an li- evil little chav shit, but you were a good kid kind of at heart. Okay, and it, so there was you greasers in it. There was jocks. And yeah, one of the missions was to go and do panty raids at oh, the girls' great. dorm. Yeah, it was I hot. mean, that's
0: what you do in like... Uh, you would look nice through the keyhole. Com- yeah, in 80s comedy. It's a
2: very Animal House.
0: Very Revenge of the Nerds.
2: But this guy takes it step he got further Bush. Oh, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. What's <laughs> the... Four- is it the third one or the fourth one where they have the song and the rap off?
0: I think I only saw I the first one. I think it's the fourth one. one. But you know what's kind of crazy about this story is how often would you think a panty stealer would be, you know, violent?
2: Yeah, you kind of think of them as being a bit Peeping Tommy, it's where they squirly. want to stay in yeah. the, uh, the shadows. Yeah. So, a young woman, she was about to pick up laundry when a construction worker hit her 15 times in the head with a hammer. So that's like a very Sutcliffe thing to do. Hundreds of stolen women's panties were found in the man's apartment, something is believed to actually be the motive for the attack. Which, like, how does that happen? Where panties are the motive.
0: I understand. I understand that. Was she? Did he want the panties she was wearing?
2: I think he was escalating it to maybe be like, if a woman, you know, the 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 film perfume.
4: Dying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. how like the Slowly the women escalated dying. T- yeah.
2: yeah. Do you think maybe now he's like, if the woman dies and the pussy's on that panties, I've got dead woman panties. It's gonna smell the better. pheromones. The pheromones. You know? Those dead pheromones. It. Yeah. So. The residents of the apartment building on, and I'm very sorry for, um, I don't know how to speak Swedish because it's very crazy language. But Lindingo, Lindingo.
0: Sounds easier than Welsh.
2: I've uh, <laughs> noticed that women's panties had begun to disappear from the laundry room, but no one knew how or why. See, I would probably not notice. I'd be like Paris Hilton in the bling ring. I wouldn't notice <laughs> if my panties went because they're all black. So if I lose like one black pair of panties, I'm going to be like, where's that black pair of panties?
0: Yeah, you probably wouldn't. I mean, and they're all the same kind.
2: So I have a large majority of this. I like a particular style of panty. So hmm. I get like that. But I do have like vintage stuff, but I would never, I would only ever hand wash them.
0: I wonder if the, this guy had like a specific kind of panty, like like velvet panties or satin Judging or by something. the
2: pictures. No, he just liked <laughs> panties. He just liked
0: panties. <laughs>
2: Um The house was being renovated at the time, so there was like always construction workers in and out the house so that 's why they were there and On the afternoon of December fourteenth last year the twenty six year old woman she was about to pick up her laundry earlier in the day she'd been putting her laundry in the machine, and she'd seen one of the construction workers looking like he was eavesdropping when she was chatting to another neighbor, but she didn't think any more about it you know it's just like construction workers they're in the house they're in the house they're doing work
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So then she went back to the di- the drying room at 2.30 in the afternoon, and as she closed the door behind her, she suddenly discovered that the same construction worker was hidden behind the door. Now this,
0: that's creepy. This
2: is like something out, it, we're talking about panties, it's all very, like, 80s movie, that is also, like, Michael Myers just standing there. Yeah, that
0: like, that's like 80s slasher. That went over from Revenge of the Nerds, which is kind of fun when they're in there, like, you know, with their drone looking at Bush and all that to, like, this is straight up like Jason.
2: Revenge of the panty know, sniffer. Michael Myers. So
0: Homicidal panty sniffer.
2: The woman said that he had a hammer in his hand, which he then raised. He tried to hold my mouth while he hit me. I just remember screaming at the same time as he hit and he hit. So 15 times the 50-year-old managed Ooh. to hit her in the head with a hammer, several of which were judged to be life-threatening, so he's crushed to school. And then she just fainted. She blacked out. When she woke up, he was gone, and she had managed to get up to the apartment. So she's a tough chick, man, where her husband and um, her mother-in-law called an ambulance.
0: She had TBI. TBI? Traumatic brain injury. Oh, did she? Yeah. Uh, was, uh, was she still wearing her panties?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I imagine so. She didn't go to the pa- she didn't go to the drying room naked.
0: Yeah, but I mean, did he take her panties? He just knocked her oh. out. Don't you think at that point you'd take the panties?
2: And run? Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe it'll tell us later on. The first police officers on site, they said that they were sh- so shocked when they saw, like, the bloody woman. I almost drowned in my blood, she said. The suspicions were soon directed at one of the construction workers, obviously, this 50-year-old man. And she was able to v- identify him from a photo. So, this is what they're saying about the motive. They're saying mm. that it's, it's somewhat unclear. But some suggest that the construction worker was found in this laundry room because he's been stealing laundry for fucking years in a house Same search. place,
0: the same apartment building.
2: No, he lives somewhere else, but he's doing work in this building. Oh, okay, okay. He's a construction worker. So they searched this man's house. Right. Do you want to g- fathom a guess at how many panties they found in his house? Did
0: you sa- just say like hundreds? So I'm thinking like probably a couple hundred pairs of panties.
2: 247 women's panties. Wow. 12. Children's panties. Well, children's panties. They were all found in large boxes. I'm sure he will have, as a person who has a hoard, you definitely hoard things in order of favoritism. So I'm pretty sure there will have been one box where he's like, "These are my favorite ones," and then from that, he would have been gradually downgraded.
0: And judging by the pictures,
2: <laughs> yeah, the pictures <laughs> are amazing. He was
0: wearing some of these panties. Oh, he
2: liked to try on some of these panties. Lots of killers do that, like the BTK. Oh, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Wear BTK your panties. did, yeah. Yeah. He also kind of had a thing for bras. They found 27 bras hanging on a hanger in the closet. Now, bras is definitely something I would miss more than panties. But I have a bigger, like, kind of different variation of colors of bras than I do for panties. So if my red sequin bra went missing, I'd be like, what the fuck? I need that back.
0: Okay, well, let's say your red sequins bra went missing and a few pairs of your panties went missing. And then the police, you know, searched this guy's home, found all these. And they're like, hey, do you want your panties back?
2: No to the panties, but yes to the bra. It's vintage.
0: Even though the guy was wearing your bra?
2: It's vintage. It's okay. Lots of other dead people have worn that bra before me. That's How fine. many
0: dead people came in that bra?
2: I will never know the answer to that riddle, but now I know it's definitely one. <laughs> and then two, because me.
0: But you, would, you, you wouldn't want the day. panties back?
2: <laughs> no, no. You can keep You can keep the panties <laughs> off, <also>. there. <laughs> it's totally fine. You'd be annoyed if they were your best panties. Like, you know, I've, well, got, some, I've got some out. very expensive panties, ones that cost like over 100 pounds so like if he was to take them oh my god i'd be pissed
0: yeah but his balls would stretch him out they that's what even, i mean well you're yeah. not gonna have
2: those panties back but you'd be fucking pissed off if you took like your agent provocateur panties can't you take the shit ones that you wear on a sunday well,
0: he probably wants the ones that uh look you know they'll look better That'll feel look nicer best on his junk yeah
2: yeah um And among these 247 panties, they found her panties and they found some other women's panties. So he's been stealing from this laundry room for a little while. (laughs) And then he was posing in them.
0: That's the best picture. And we're going to post that to the website. But it's amazing.
2: It's very funny. So, of course, he denies doing any wrongdoing. He says the pictures of him in women's panties, he explained that they were taking for fun during a wet party in Poland. I had to look up what a wet party was. Yeah, what is a wet party? I could not find an answer that was not blatantly sexual, but I'm just assuming that a wet party is like a foam party.
0: Oh, a foam party? That's what
2: I'm assuming. But he's gone to Poland and 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 he's had a wet party. Yeah,
0: but you're wearing panties
2: at the wet party? Yeah, maybe that's what he liked to do, is wear panties to foam parties. That's what he said.
0: I guess maybe. I mean, that's got to be a a weird Polish thing.
2: It could be. You,
0: you told me you went to Poland. I Did you go to any wet parties? I have parties? been
2: to Poland many times. No człowiek. I have never, never <laughs> been to, been a, to party. a wet party. No, but I've had a fucking good time in um, Poland every time I've gone. You have a it good is friend. Bience. I
0: have a good friend who's Polish. I'm gonna ask him about these wet parties.
2: I think we should because um, I'm. Poland is top of my to go back to list as soon as COVID is fucking off. So I, maybe I'll dive into a wet party.
0: I would never go to a phone party. Ever. I'm too
2: fucking old to go to a phone party. You disgusting. go to a phone party when you're like eighteen. You never go to a phone that's party when you're fucking, fucking in your thirties. It's fucking
0: disgusting. Well it
2: is disgusting.
0: Yeah, there was yeah. a there was a bar in uh, North Beach in uh, San Francisco. It was kind of near where all the strip clubs were that I used to work at. But across the street was this bar and it was like tiki themed and they had sand. Like real sand in the bar. And I thought it was fucking gross. That is gross. gross.
2: You shouldn't be drinking where there's sand.
0: Well, I mean, maybe if you're at a beach, because that's where sand belongs. Not in some disgusting bar on, you know, on fucking Broadway Street in San Francisco.
2: No, I don't like it. I also don't trust sand. It's just like thousands of little rocks. I don't like it.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't mind it when it's on a beach where it's supposed to be. Not in a bar. It
2: gets everywhere. But you take one step onto a beach, and then, like, four hours later, you're still finding sand in your hair. You're like, how the fuck did this get here? Don't don't trust sand. I won't be around it.
0: <laughs> well, foam is another thing. It's like, why would you want to be at a bar with foam?
2: I don't know. It, it's Ming it. Ming I again. if it's,
0: like, a wet party is, like, a another party with a bunch of perverts, and they're all wearing pants. Oh, panties. a wet
2: party. Yeah, because we're going to get wet.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking.
2: He also said during questioning, in other words... These are the underwear from women that I have had temporary relationships with. Um, I am not a perverted person who would collect something like that.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a load of shit. Yeah.
2: But, well, what? also, that's pretty much what the Stockholm District Court fought, too. They weren't convinced. And he was sentenced last week to 14 years in prison for attempted murder, but he was detained for life.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, he did to try to kill someone. The, the other thing, too, it's like, oh, these are underwear from women I had temporary relationships with. You would never keep the underwear because when you have another girl come over and she found that girl's panties. Oh, it gets awkward,
2: which yeah. Which is just,
0: would that be awkward? Oh,
2: man, I'd be like, why do you still have these from your ex? Yeah. This is, like, not, this is not right. And
0: could you, you can... imagine finding a box of it's panties? Yeah. Yeah, boxes of 200 pairs of panties. Would you Would you continue dating the guy? No. No, nah, would, would that would that be the Unless he said breaker? to me, like, I'm,
2: I like cross-dressing and I've bought all of these and I wear the panties and I'd be like, okay, that's fair enough. But at the same time, I'd be like, Nah, you fucking, you're it's a, a little liar. Weird. It's a little weird. The chairman of the court, chief counsel Eric Lindbergh, he said in a comment about the long prison sentence, because, you know, this is Scandinavia. It's very rare that they will send people away for long periods of times. So they believe that, you know, people can be rehabilitated there. Good for them. The plaintiff was subjected to extremely ruthless and reckless violence in close proximity to their home. Her anguish of possible death and suffering during the process was enormous. She's not recovered physically, this 26-year-old woman. The, in- the injuries, they were close to taking her life. She's still in pain. She's dizzy. She has difficulty sleeping. Wow. During the trial, she told how she still has nightmares about what happened. I have not dared to leave the home since this happened or meet new people or buy new underwear.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she's probably just not going to go buy any underwear. I wouldn't trust any panties from now on. <laughs> I love how this guy gets, you know, the panty killer. He gets 14 years in prison for attempted murder and deportation for life. Whereas Varg Vikernes, I guess that was Norway, but he actually did murder someone. And he only got like, what, like 12 years?
2: He got about, no, he got about 15 years. Is
0: it 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can go now.
2: But, I mean, Varg has never murdered anyone else. He's been rehabilitated. He murdered someone. This
0: guy didn't even murder anyone.
2: Uh, he fucking attempted to. Attempted?
0: Varg did. There was Stabbed a lot the guy of like eight times.
2: We are not going to get into the var. <laughs> what no, I'm Varg. I'm just did. saying it's
0: like, I think Scandinavia has a weird, um, I don't know, opinion of justice.
2: No, they don't. I I agree with this. Varg think- Vickiness was a totally different case. That was not a sex killing. This guy was trying to commit a sex killing. It's much more dangerous than what Varg. Varg wouldn't have gone out and killed fucking anyone over than Euronymous. Maybe. We're not going to get into it, but how many times? I bet times has
0: two boxes of panties he, in his house. Well, he's
2: a sugar man. He's got like 12 kids.
0: Yeah, he's probably got a lot he's of panties. He's fucking got the pheromones. A lot of panties. Uh, people, send your story. Stick around podcast at gmail.com. we got some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032. But first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by
5: something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase
0: with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. I've got a few phone calls to get to 3-2-3-5-2-2-4-0-3-2 is that number. Uh, this first call is from a famous person,
2: <gasps> like how I thought it was person. James Elroy. I wish.
0: Well, it's a famous person calling from beyond the grave.
2: <gasps> is it the rabbi? Hello, is this thing working? Is this <laughs>
5: bloody wrong? Is Prince Philip here? Thank uh, uh, God, I'm
0: dead. Prince <laughs> Philip. Good for him. <laughs> Does it sound just like him?
2: I love the fact that he's died, and he, his first thing is like, I must bloody call sick and wrong. I
0: appreciate Prince Philip calling the show because he is, as I've said before, my favorite royal. He gets jobs
5: and anal again. Lizzie got quite frigid after the kids. He said, believe me, I went ball sacks into young servants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I wanted to tell you that he's great up here. I've met loads of good people. And, and, and some Jews, of course.
0: Uh, uh, he's actually calling from hell.
2: Up, yeah, I was about to say he can't be up here. Yeah. He's definitely in hell with my drunk dad and your rabbi dad. <laughs> I don't and think Hitler. No in hell, but Hitler. Well, is. Jews go to hell. So, yeah, <laughs> he's in hell. The jinkies,
5: they make great, excellent food, which is. Really quite glorious. Uh, um, I had some bat to last night. <laughs> delicious. Um uh, there's, there's really those dark fellows to, to, to actually serve it up for you, which is uh, spiffing rather rather good and
0: uh, uh Who are these dark fellows he speaks of?
2: They must be the demons in hell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they must love, do they love racists in hell? Like, is, is that just kind of like, or is that just commonplace?
2: It's just commonplace, isn't
0: it?
5: Uh. He had quite a few of those at the palace. Uh, and then that bloody ignorant uh, cow bloody went and decided to spit one out with our bastard grandson. <laughs> uh, lying cow. Uh, <laughs> he a decent
2: job
0: Do you think Prince Philip hates Harry, or hated Harry?
2: Um, he definitely hated his wife and his soon-to-be grandson. whose <laughs> <His laughs> colour He was very up- Wait, <laughs> worried about. Did he ever about.
0: meet the grandson? Bit, yeah. Did he hold him?
2: He probably didn't know.
5: Floyd, <laughs> <laughs> lovely chap with lots of nappy hair. Tell me about some fucker who decided to sit on his neck. Racist bastards. And string him up by the. That's can't stand racists. Oh, I, I have to go now, anyway, I have to write this bloody dinner speech thing for the Epstein Hitler bash. I'm um, a <laughs> gym cigar, so we'll sleep most of it. Uh, oh, cheerio and uh, see you next year. Is oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, oh, yeah, yeah. it going to be that soon? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're oh. going to hell. Hey,
0: believe me, if I get to hang out with my favorite royal, I'm cool with that. And
2: the rabbi? You can see the rabbi again. I,
0: you know, honestly, I doubt the rabbis in hell. Jews don't believe in hell.
2: Yeah, they just believe in nothingness. No, yeah. don't you just go to a room and you read the Torah? You read the Talmud,
0: whenever? not the even Tal- the Torah. God, why yeah, is the
2: when- Torah the fun version of the
0: Talmud? <laughs> the Talmud is people's <laughs> interpretations of what's in the Torah. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, I remember asking my dad that. I was just like. So what happens if we don't believe in uh, we don't believe in the hell we don't believe in the heaven like where where do you go he goes you go to a room and you read the Talmud and I was like forever yes <laughs> it's like that I would rather go to the Christian hell well you can go do that. <laughs> 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 i was just like all right maybe i will and it sounds like i might be there very soon
2: well i've never even been christened and they say that if you've not even been christened automatically go to purgatory so it's not going to be too bad but it's not going to be like great i'm okay but with it that. won't be as
0: cool as hell get to hang out not. with good music do jimmy hendrix drugs. is in hell yeah like,
2: bon scott is in hell Everybody. i'd be there Lammy, giving them mouth hooks, all mouth hooks. prince philip not a mouth hug for him.
0: No mouth hugs for Prince Philip.
2: No mouth mouth hugs. He's too old.
0: Oh, it was bloody glorious. It was a
2: great impression. <laughs> well, Thank so you, it Prince really, Philip. really was. Thank you, and Prince I would
0: uh, love to hear from you again sometime soon. Yes,
2: yeah, so a no, hell update. All
0: right, next call is uh, kind of goes with the uh, the theme of hell, heaven, religion.
1: Hi, I'm Vibrato, the human vibrator. Uh, this is about the beginning of episode seven six nine seven.
0: 76- the human vibrator—that's a great name.
2: It is, and he's—he's he's named himself that,
1: or is know,
0: he a,
2: I, an old caller?
0: I don't know. I, I, I think he named himself vibrato, but I like it.
2: I like it too. Plus, I like also it. It works. musicians who can do a vibrato—very well done. Very well done to them.
1: 59. Dean, I can't agree with you more about Hanukkah. I'm agnostic, but grew up in an orthodox, hypocritical Jewish household, and we had separate dishes for milk and meat, but my mother also loved bacon. <laughs> my father wasn't around, nor would he have cared, so my mom could do as she pleased.
0: That's amazing that they uh, they had this the separate uh, dishware for milk and meat. That's how it is in uh, kosher congregations. Yes. And my parents, like... Even though my dad was a reform rabbi, but he was a rabbi at a conservative synagogue, we had to pretend that we kept kosher.
2: Oh right! So what when other rabbis would come around, did you be like, "This is the plate for the butters, and this is the plate for the milks"?
0: Yeah, my mom would like kind of like she'd pull out. Well, yeah, here's I've the, hit the bacon rabbits. Yeah. Th- you know, we would pretend that like that we we kept kosher, and like we would never have shellfish in the house. Oh, is that uh,
2: a thing? You can't. Have guys yeah, can't. No shellfish. Fish.
0: Oh, uh, we'd never have, uh, never had bacon, but my mom loved bacon.
3: Yeah,
0: my brother and sister loved bacon. I didn't eat it because it's a food the white devil and B. I'm, uh, you know, vegetarian. But my mom would like sneak it in because my dad would be really upset. Was the that the food that w-
2: triggered him the most? Bacon.
0: Bacon triggered him more than shellfish. He didn't mind. He didn't mind shellfish, but he wouldn't eat shellfish. But bacon, it was just like not in my house. So she had to, like, sneak it in and disguise it, like, put it in, like, other containers <laughs> to, get <you> know, her <laughs> bacon. to get the bacon. I
2: admire how <laughs> this is her rebelling. She's like, I'm going to get some bacon this week.
0: But the funniest thing about the rabbi is uh, he loved Red Lobster. Right. And so we would have to go to, like, the Red Lobster two towns over. So no
3: one recognized us. So no one him. could
0: see us. Yeah. And we went in. There. I'm surprised he didn't wear a disguise.
2: <laughs> well, a f- an even faker mustache on top of <laughs> his mustache. Yeah. <laughs>
1: When I was eight, she was frying up some bacon for breakfast and asked me to set the table. I inquired as to which plates, milk or meat, should be set. Her reply was a perfect example of why organized religion is total BS. Uh, use the meat plates. That way, the milk plates could go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so it's easy to understand why I never believed in anything, not Eliyahu, the tooth fairy, nor an honest business person. In Code St. Luke, just about everyone I knew was Jewish, and the other handful understood that Jews don't celebrate Christmas. I moved to the left coast in my 20s. And in the Northwest, that Jewish identification is pretty absent. I dated this girl.
0: That's a, that's a good point. In the Pacific Northwest, it's like, you don't really—I mean, I'm sure there are Jews up there, and there are definitely Jews in San Francisco, but it's just not like as prevalent. Whereas, like in Southern California, like especially in my neighborhood, I LA. mean, just, yeah, L.A. There's just a lot of Jews there.
2: Well, you guys made Hollywood. You made it happen. We did. You guys made Las Vegas. You made yeah. it happen.
1: Who once asked me what I want for Christmas? I told her that I don't celebrate that. Now, she immediately gained an expression of shock and horror. It's like <laughs> I was telling her that I was the Antichrist who devours children for breakfast.
2: Jews do I that. <laughs> a
1: simple clarification <laughs> of i'm jewish would suffice and ease her troubled mind it did not i could hear the gears slowly grind she was doing mental gymnastics because she had some vague recollection of something jews do for christmas It came to her and she proudly shot back but you have hanukkah (laughs) no i i got eight crappy dollar store presents when i was 10.
0: see Hanukkah is bullshit, and I've always said this on the show. And I know there, you know, I've talked to other friends that come from wealthy Jewish families, and they're like, "No, he used to get awesome gifts for Hanukkah." And I'm like, "Well, fuck you, and fuck your parents."
2: Yeah, Kessler got tons of stuff, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but he didn't. Well, Kessler mostly celebrated Christmas, but he had like really rich Jewish grandparents that would also give him lots of cool shit for Hanukkah.
2: I see. So I
0: think some people have like a, a you know positive recollection of Hanukkah. But me and this guy, Vibrato here, had a very similar experience. Eight shitty gifts and maybe like one – I would get like one video
2: game. Well, you know what's worse than that is being of no religion, as am I, and telling people that you work with that you don't celebrate Christmas and then they bring pity out. They they say, oh, that's really sad for you. It's like, well, how is it? I eat dinner alone 365 days of the year just because on this one day – You are supposed to be forced to spend time with a family that all of you bitch and moan about just because I'm jumping. Oh,
0: we all know you have a chip on your shoulder about (laughs) Christmas. Fucking Christmas. Why don't you just just make it easier and just say I'm a Satanist?
2: Well, no, because then people will be like, I feel pity for you.
0: Would they? They would be like, my mm dark Lord says I should not.
2: Um, Actually, I think you'll find the Satanic Christmases on um, April 30th.
0: When we sacrifice young English babies, the
1: younglings, because that minor Jewish holiday happened to occur around the same time, but it's not a friggin' Jewish Christmas. Nope, I explained to her that thousands of years ago, Israel was invaded, like you know, like that never happens, right? (laughs) The people defending their homeland (laughs) had enough oil to last.
0: Now we're the invaders, but (laughs) that's a different story. (laughs) One
1: day, but it actually lasted eight days, so. Christmas is the birth of your Lord, peace on earth, and goodwill towards man. Hanukkah, good value for the buck.
0: Exactly. Hey, Dad,
1: Charles Schick says, go and listen now. Please don't be offended the next time you wish a Jew happy Hanukkah. And the reply is less than enthusiastic. It's not you. It's just that we're too old to play with the dreidel, and we miss our Bubby's potato latkes. <laughs> <Happy holidays. laughs> What's the bit? Wonder, whatever you're going to celebrate. But mostly... Happy New Year, because, oh man, 2020's got to be over
0: soon. Yeah, this is an older call. It's one of those, I often mention this on the Patreon, like, sometimes I'll find a call that I'm like, fuck, why didn't I play this? And I just didn't realize it was in the wrong folder. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was picking calls this week, I'm like, that's a great call.
2: And I just always, missed it. I've always wondered about potato latkes, because I've never had them. How different to hash browns are they? That's a good
0: question. They're pretty much the same.
2: Are they? Yeah, I would eat the fuck out of a potato. But they're,
0: maybe they're more like they're shaped like a pancake, but it's the same consistency. Well, you can get hash
2: browns that are round.
0: Okay, yeah, it's like no, a round. Ha- like a hash. It's round hash browns. They're pretty much the same thing.
2: I would eat the fuck out of that. Yeah, I'm not.
0: I've never been a big fan.
2: You You're a weird eater, though. You don't even know what overnight oats is. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I've always thought they're kind of gross and oily. Like I, I love like other Jewish things, like matzah ball soup. Love that. I was
2: about to say, what is your favorite Jewish food?
0: Matzah ball soup is probably one of my favorites. I love bagels and lox That's one of my favorites. I like lox as well. But like um, potato lockies, I always want them just kind of greasy and gross. But every year we'd make them as a family. That's what Jews do. I want that now. <laughs> but it, it's funny though. What are you saying about Hanukkah? It's people. I think non-Jews. Um, Goys always say, like, oh, it's like Jewish Christmas. And it's like, no, it's it's really not. It's a, it's a fake holiday that you guys created so Jewish kids could get gifts around the same time the Christian kids are getting gifts.
2: So everyone felt included. That's quite nice, though, so everyone can be included. Do you know what I mean? That's quite I just, nice. I really? just think they made an excuse
0: hmm. for it. You know, and it's just, that, that's why it's always been like a non-holiday to me. But the other thing, too, it's like when you get older, Hanukkah just sort of stops with most
2: families. I, Christmas I mean, kind of stops, though. I remember I when I was know. about 15, 16, my mom was like, "You're not going to get much this year." And guess what? Now I get like, I don't even get anything from her.
0: Christmas that's stops why you're so bitter.
2: F- for people too.
0: No, I'm, every girl I've <laughs> so every bitter. girl I've dated <laughs> still has to go home their fucking families for Christmas. And
2: see, that's what I mean. Still has to. No, you can make the choice and be like, no, but they fuck want to. They enjoy that. it. I do not.
0: I think, but I'm saying they think their, pa- their parents still put up a Christmas tree and they still have their whole family traditions. Hanukkah, on the other hand, as you get older, is more of a holiday for kids.
2: Well, it's nice to make children feel included and to present the, like, let them look at the world with rose colored glasses. That's what you should do for children.
0: Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't have the same weight as Christmas. No, I well, I Christmas
2: think, is very—you know—it's completely secular now, isn't it? It's not—it's well, not about the church anymore. Well,
0: that's what everyone says at my work. Like I was talking to my boss, and he's like, "So, are you doing anything big for the holidays?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I'm Jewish. And I don't really celebrate. Um, yeah, you know, I don't really celebrate the holidays." He's like, "Oh, so Christmas isn't for Christians?"
2: Yeah, it isn't. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's supposed to be. But you, you were to ask, like you know, a random amount of people, how many of you actually go to church for Christmas, you'll find the number is, like, disastrously low. But people still celebrate it. Yeah, but I I don't, because fuck Christ. Don't give a shit. Well, that's what I'm
0: saying. It's still like you're celebrating the birth of, of Christ, in a sense. I mean, I guess you could say, well, I'm celebrating the winter solstice. Yeah, sure. But bring a fucking tree in your house. I don't want anything to do with it.
2: I don't even. I I just think it's a waste of time and money. But I do want some potato lockers, and I'm very much on board with that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can go spin a dreidel. (laughs) I made it out of clay. Thank you, vibrato. You, uh, we are very similar mindsets here on that pointless holiday.
3: Yes, all right. Final
0: call here is uh, from uh, um, psychopathia sexualis. We hadn't called in for a little bit, but she calls in here about some uh, DMs that Ooh, she gets with on, her a sexy re- voice. Yeah, on a regular basis. I imagine Psychopathia gets some pretty weird out there DMs.
2: Yeah, I think they're better than mine. The men have been wilding on my Instagram at the minute.
0: Hey, you've been getting a lot of weird ones lately. I've been just
2: get, like all the men's have been trying to tell me what to do. I don't know where it's come <laughs> from. I'm like a woman in my 30s. You don't have to tell me what to fucking do.
0: I think it's hilarious when Kate posts something to like a story or something. They're just like, oh, you shouldn't like that song.
2: Yeah, I posted it up like just anything. And pe- the men's will just come at me. I, I, but it's like a recent thing that's happening. I don't know if it's in the water or... But I imagine her DMs are going to be much spicier than mine, where the men are just well, trying I'll to tell me what to do. she sex work,
0: so I imagine she, she gets is, some weird shit. I
2: shoot the men down instantly. I just yeah. stop them in the tracks.
0: Yeah, what would you rather have, though? Would you have people commenting on your pictures and sending you feedback like that, or just a dick?
2: I would just rather that they kept their thoughts and opinions to themselves, unless I ask.
0: Send her dick pics. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hello, um, it's Psychopathia Sexualis here. Thought I'd ring in and describe some of the DMs that I've received in the past. This is on... Um, sex working sites and normal hookup sites and let me just tell you some of it has been like i'm not easily shocked and it's not particularly shocking it's just um hard to hard to think that someone had the gall and the gumption to send an email like that
2: that's how i feel probably if (laughs) if i'm putting something in my instagram story it's because i think it's cool oh, I've just, I thought it was funny, right? I'm not putting that in my Instagram story so that a man or a man can then send his opinion on why I'm wrong.
0: Well, it's also not a public forum. It's just you're posting something you think is funny. You're posting a fucking meme.
2: Yeah, and like you can laugh emoji, you can clap it, or you can be like, lol. But there are people going, no, you're wrong. It's like, <laughs> firstly, I didn't ever ask you. <laughs> I never want to know your opinion unless I'm fucking asking you. And it is just men who do it because the women are fucking cool. But it's the men's, and it's been like nonstop, so I can't even well, imagine. I think what men she have gets. to realize
0: that opinions are a lot like assholes.
2: Please don't mansplain.
4: All <laughs> <laughs> five times a year, I get messages that are just, "Hi, can I get you pregnant?" Goodbye. Wow,
0: <laughs> um, lots of. Hey, that's to the point. All right. <laughs> yeah, they're just
2: saying that they want to pump and dump inside of her.
0: Maybe, or maybe they want her to be the mother of their children.
2: Which kind of romantic thing to say, yeah, isn't it? Some yeah. women want to hear that from men the whole life.
0: Maybe it's a compliment, Psychopathia, that you're of good breeding stock.
2: That's what they're saying. You have yeah. fantastic childbearing hips. I
4: don't know if the question is, can I get you pregnant as opposed to, can I come in you? Which is a very different kind of question, I think. And the answer to both is, no, absolutely not. I'm not an idiot. Um, and why, why have... If I wanted to get pregnant, would I go to a low life like that? <laughs> yeah, the this same in Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> three or four times a year I have been asked to buy my tampons. Oh. Um, which trust me I would do if I bled and if I had if I wasn't deathly allergic not deathly allergic, wasn't allergic to tampons. Um let's
0: see. Wait, what do you think she uses? She uses a diva cup?
2: Um, uh, no, she said if she bled, so she must be on a form of birth control. Oh, like so the injection. She knows. or something saying that stops bleeding. You know, I know people who've been who are allergic to tampons because they use a lot of chemicals in creating tampons, so it can be bad for your puspus.
0: Do you know any girls who sell their tampons?
2: I have that actually done in the past. I You've have sold girls. your tampons? No, I've not sold my <laughs> tampons, but I know girls who have have sold their tampons.
0: Would you be opposed to doing that to make a couple extra quid on the side?
2: No, I'd sell my tampon. Why not? What's he going to do?
0: All right. I guess we'll have to, um, maybe, I mean, we do have the, the sick and 20, Wrong store.
2: If you join $20 tier <laughs> on Patreon, I will send you a tampon.
0: A new reward on the <laughs> Sick and Wrong Patreon. <laughs> Kate's used tampons.
2: Especially for the girls.
0: You know, I think there's probably at least two guys out there they are going to be like, all right, sounds good. One of them's probably Steel.
2: <laughs> oh,
4: my goodness. <laughs> Hotels um regularly get asked if i can piss on them and the answer to that is i get stage fright um, i have been pissed on before but that was more for him you know it's it's the kind of thing it's, it's no skin off my nose if it if that's what they're into they're into it um i did go home with a couple once who were rather into pissing and i was very drunk and i do remember drinking some piss out of out of one of my nice fine bone china mugs um, <laughs> it would have been funny if it was a teacup and saucer but not everything is about comedy optics
0: wow so they didn't just piss on her they wanted to see her drink their piss
4: yeah that's kinky
0: that's a, weird, that's a weird thing for a couple. I wonder if they mixed the piss, both of their piss I was thinking one they cup, would
2: both mi- mix the piss. So both or or just picks. like,
0: try a little bit of mine. Try some try of hers. A, oh, do a Who's shot of each. Yeah, Do a shot like, of and tell us about It's our like our the health. Pepsi challenge.
2: <laughs> Took it, lost.
0: <laughs> I recall at the strip club, there used to be this one creepy perv that would come in. And his whole thing is uh, he would pay the girls, usually like, I think like 150, 200 bucks, to go piss into a champagne glass. Like, you oh. get really expensive champagne. They drink the champagne. And at the end of it, they would go to the bathroom, piss in the champagne glass, and then come back, give it to him, and he would drink it while they watched.
3: See,
2: I think that's fine when you've had a couple of drinks in you, because by the time you start pissing, when you've had a couple of drinks in you, it's like, it's not piss that has sat in the bladder for a long time. What would gross me out more is if somebody like was like, piss. I want your morning piss when it smells like chicken soup. That would gross me out more.
0: Well, it was funny because a lot of the girls would just come back and give me 50 bucks and I would just piss You'd in You'd piss in it, yeah.
2: Well, then he's definitely <laughs> drinking very watered down Miller beer piss that has fags and um, lots of coke in it. Yeah, I was
0: about to say, it was like Miller Lite, a little bit of cocaine. Probably, yeah, what was I smoking? Parliaments back then?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parliaments. You, are you gay?
0: <laughs> Parliaments weren't bad. They're good cigarettes. <laughs>
4: They're gay cigarettes um so that's the piss um regularly asked if i can shit on people i opt not to no matter how much money is offered good fair it's just embarrassing like i don't i don't need that on my conscience um
0: yeah that's gotta that's a boundary like there's uh, but i'm sure everything has a price
2: i'm sure because i would probably do it for the right price for the story
0: Wait, what would you say? What'd you? Was it like
2: five grand I said or something?
0: Oh, no, no. You were saying you would let Chuck Berry fart on you for five grand. <laughs> yeah, but Chuck How Berry. much for Chuck Berry to shit on you?
2: Oh, way more than five grand. No, <laughs> but if I was to shit on, someone, oh, there, shit there on would, someone, there would be a price there.
0: Would you charge more for someone to shit on you or for you to shit on someone?
2: Fuck yeah, I charge way more for them to <laughs> shit on me. I don't. She's saying she doesn't want that on her conscience. I don't want that on my skin. <laughs> but at least if I'm shitting on them, I can like you know, go and like curate my diet for a couple of days and produce something very nice for him. For a two press. days at Taco Bell. Well, that that would be you anyway. So not <laughs> go to the, to the chippy. The <laughs> chippy.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have anything else crazy. But yeah, most of it is, I think, ultimately boils down to, "Can I come in you?" Which is just a fucking stupid question. Even, even if, like, I'm never going to raw dog it with a stranger, especially not a paying stranger. God knows where else they've put that thing, and and how do they know where I've been? Exactly. I know where I've been, um, but they don't know. Generally, um, I might call back with an absolutely rancid story about a condom. Yes, um, keep it sick keep it
2: wrong i want this rancid story i have to hear it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's the thing i've never quite understood is do they really think this prostitute if <laughs> they're gonna have sex with a prostitute that they're gonna be allowed to raw dog it. it have sex without a condom with a sex worker
2: that's what they think
0: you know it's like i'm having sex with a sex worker and i'm not going to wear a condom first of all how risky is that for both parties
2: Completely. So
0: how stupid are these men who think that this woman's going to be like, oh, yeah, OK, I'll charge you this much for that.
2: Back when in the glory days of the Internet, so we're talking like the years 2000 ish, I used to always think it's it gave me gay bumps. And I still think it's gay to this day that, you know, when they do gangbangs, and by the time it gets to like the 17th guy, he's coming and all these like 16 other guys come. It's gay bumpy. It's pretty it's pretty homosexual to do that.
0: We interviewed that uh, male porn star on the show a while back who was, like, writing a book about growing his foreskin. He's the one who said that blow bangs are, like, the worst things you have to do. It's, like, gang bangs, but it's blow jobs. Okay. Yeah. No, it was a terrible thing to do because you're standing in line, and there's, like, 15 dudes.
2: All with hard cocks.
0: you got to keep a cock hard.
2: And yours, too, yeah. And
0: Yeah, and then you get to the point where you're going to, like, blow your load in the girl's mouth. So it's, like... If you're number eight, that's eight loads that have already been in your mouth.
2: Yeah, it's Megan.
0: It's gnarly. it's gay
2: bumpy for sure. <laughs> to talk about steel. <laughs>
0: anyway, yeah, uh, psychopathia, thanks for the calls. Always love her calls. Me too. Always love her calls. Hope you're doing well. Uh, people who call the Sickronong hotline at 522 Um check out the uh Sick and Wrong Reddit page. A lot of has uh, been posting a lot of things on there recently. Yeah, I mean, actually, you had a chance to get up there in a bit, but I do have a great video <sighs> that Kiki sent me involving was it a whistler bar,
2: a whisper bar, whisper bar. That you also sent to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kiki also <laughs> sent it to me. Thank you very much. So I received it from two different men. And then uh, you also sent it to your brother and your brother enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Kate was like, I'm gonna watch this in private, so I'll call <laughs> you back. And I was like, All right, and we took it we took a little break from recording the show because she was say, that into the video.
2: It has been a while since I've had a whisper bar, but I would still eat a whisper bar after watching that.
0: Would you eat that guy's whisper bar?
2: Um no because
3: of how it ended. <laughs> it's Which impossible. you can see
0: on the Reddit page, uh R slash stick podcast on uh Reddit. Um, also, if you're a big fan of the show and you want to show us a little love, you know, little greenery for the scenery, bigger the bills, bigger the thrills. <laughs> let's go to the sick and wrong Patreon. We do appreciate your support, um, and it encourages us to keep on doing the show and and keep on producing some of our top notch content. Uh, but for only five bucks a month, listen, five dollars, that's it. It's not much. It's it's support not your favorite po- podcast here. You get extra. You get an extra story. You get extra phone calls this week. We have a fantastic news story about a guy (laughs) who uh, had smacked cops in the face with his full colostomy bag (laughs) at Kid Rock Steakhouse in Nashville.
2: It's a story that I always dreamed of telling one day.
0: Yeah, it's a a good one. Uh, So you can go there and you you can get that story. You can get some extra phone calls. You get our outtakes. It's only five bucks a month. And for just a few bucks more, you get our sick and wrong news segment. Uh, where we kind of do a weekly news roundup. And this week, we did a pr- couple few good articles. Um, yeah, this
2: is a fun week.
0: Yeah, a couple of notes here. Uh, a woman's marketing her period blood face mask, which leaves her skin silky smooth. Smooth. Yeah, Kate had an opinion on that. Um, also, a woman is arrested after posing as a student. In a high school <laughs> to promote her Instagram page. That's she,
2: also like an 80s teen comedy, but only Instagram's added. But that's like an yeah, 80s teen comedy. like Drew of. Barrymore could have starred in that.
0: It's just so creepy, though. Like She's that desperate for likes and followers. For the clout, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Anyway, uh, you just go to uh, patreon.com slash Wrong. You get extra news stories, extra phone calls. You get a Sick and Wrong news segment. You get our bonus episode called Sick and Wrong Overkill which uh, we mentioned before, but Kate goes into a whole episode about crime fiction author James Elroy's uh, mother's murder. Uh, he's known as the demon dog of American crime fiction. Uh, but yeah, you get all that right at patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Uh, and big ups to the Swede for making that top-notch uh, Patreon promo.
2: Yeah, I love the Swede. Played sweet. that here on the show. It Thank you for great. that as well. You rock, Swede.
0: Um, also, uh, Public. I don't know if there's a sale going on this week.
2: No, fuck it. There's a sale every There's time. a sale almost every 13 week. 13 days over there. But
0: yeah, they, when they have their sales, you get a shirt for 13 bucks. So go check it out. Click on com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. And uh, go buy yourself some Sick and Wrong merch. And the Sick and Wrong song of the week, very L.A. band, very L.A. song. We're going to end the show with uh, the Go-Go's This Town from their 1981 record, Beauty and the Beast.
2: My favorite Go-Go song.
0: It's a cool song.
2: I love this song. I always wanted to cover it, and I never did.
0: I always love the Go-Go's, actually. Fun, I love the Go-Go's. Band, Who doesn't you know? love
2: the Go-Go's? They're great.
0: You know, the three, three uh, Belinda Carlisle, Jane Wheedland, and uh, Margaret Oliveria, they all attended punk rock shows in California, and they, all three of them attended the Sex Pistols' final show at Winterland in San Francisco in 1978, and were so inspired by it that they formed their own band.
2: Haven't the Go-Go's just been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well? They
0: did. In October 2021, yeah, the band yeah. will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Awesome. They deserve it. They are fantastic. A
0: great band. Fun band. So we're going to have the show here with the Go-Go's This Town. People will be back next week with episode uh, 792. Till then, take a squeezy.
1: To know how to hug cautiously as the prime minister suggested there is a guide over on our websites maybe the most 2021 thing i get to read out all year but we have it a guide on how to hug